there will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Exciting time to be involved in Bitcoin Cash at the moment. During that whole war, fighting versus big blocks, like were, were we the bad guys? Were we the ones that went listening? Fundamentally, we believe in markets, transparency, and tokenization. Come on, you gotta come stronger than that, you know, like. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Following Bitcoin cash on its rise to global reserve currency this is episode number 102 state of the revolution 2023 featuring Callisti and ryan giffen today is saturday the 23rd of december 2023 i'm your host jeremy jet is doing the producing same as always merry christmas to everybody another massive year in the books and a pretty big year for BCH. So we got to check in with our two uh, guests today. We're starting with you, Ryan. Give a quick little intro. I'm sure most people already know you've been on the show a bunch, but quick intro to what you do in the BCH scene. And then more importantly, how are you doing and what, what's been going on this year with you in Bitcoin Cash? Uh, yeah, thank you for having me back on the show, guys. Uh, it's been since last April. Uh, it's, the price action has been pretty exciting since then. And um, overall, what I've Still doing what I've always been doing. I, I continue to make BCH content on my channel, Ryan Giffen, if you guys have seen me there. Uh, but, you know, I've been uh, investing in more businesses. I, I, I operate now a restaurant where I hold Bitcoin Cash meetups quarterly. I, I host an annual uh, Bitcoin Cash charity golf tournament, which we did uh, this past May, had over 100 people, uh, was able to have uh, bring back people in the community and, and bring them together, give them a kind of a hub spot in our Southeast Florida region. So even had uh, Rolanda Bryson uh, come in and speak, who we met out in St. Kitts and had uh, um, uh, John, who spoke in St. Kitts as well, came over from Tampa and made a speech as well. Uh, that's this past year. And uh, yeah, it, overall, just I've been my, I've been allowed my business to be well in tune with the Bitcoin Cash ecosystem. Any given week, I'll be selling merchandise and uh bitcoin cash and actually i vlad ivanov who you guys may know another bitcoin cash creator he just delivered a project for me out in boston uh i paid him in bitcoin cash out there while same simultaneously selling to another guy who's opening a restaurant in new jersey who you guys know uh, he asked me not to share but uh, i paid in bitcoin cash while selling inventory out to st kitts in bitcoin cash so just really trying to encourage other entrepreneurs to get in the Bitcoin cash ecosystem and use it as a payment solution. And uh, it's it's part of our everyday you know life over at all of our companies. So whether it's the restaurant Ravish off Ocean in Lantana or commercial kitchen stop down here in South Florida, uh, we're a Bitcoin cash business. So That's amazing. And it's really great to hear that the scene is now getting to the point like the original, you know, uh, Bitcoin back in the day, sort of because it was fresh and new, it got a lot of a surge of momentum in that sense and then crypto has obviously got a bit lost along the way and bch had so many fights and internal drama and stuff like that that that's not really conducive to good business everyone knows that right like if people are distracted fighting about this and that they don't really want to recommend it to people maybe they can't use it as much etc but then the network effect starts to rebuild once you have a period of of quiet and people start to actually 
use it as a, a tool, you know, that's the whole point of, and it's not just people doing it because they're interested or because they're ideologically aligned or because, you know, they want to degenerate gamble on DeFi or whatever, but people actually just making payments for regular business. That's the kind of thing that once it entrenches, it's going to just take over, right? And, and, and how cool is this? Uh, the, just this past week, um, my wife got a flat tire in, in her car and my, my buddy owns a state farm agency and I could submit the claim to get paid back. And he actually had been to my golf tournament. He won $600 in Bitcoin cash that he had. And it's gone up in value since then. And he goes, Ryan, don't, don't put this through a claim. That Bitcoin cash you gave me went up in value. I'll, I'll just pay you back in Bitcoin cash. So I like, got state farm is sending me back. Uh, my my insurance money Bitcoin. So you create a little ecosystem because you just get it out there, and it's it's you know. And, and once people see how easy it is to transact with, uh, you know, you don't. It's like why are we still using the bank, you know, and all that. But uh, yeah, yeah, you create the ecosystem. There's it, it a saying too when you know. I think the more we use it, the less fighting there'll be. Like in terms of like foreign policy, they'll always say like when goods trade borders, bullets don't kind of thing. So the more we're using BCH in our ecosystem, maybe there'll be less fighting and uh, passing around more BCH. <laughs> yeah, and I think it also just takes time. That's something I've really noticed for for trust to build up. That's just a human element, right? So when you have a lot of chaos in the community yeah, and you have people falling out and you have drama and this and that, then after that is when you get new people Maybe, you know, it's like um, a bushfire, you know, a bushfire clears out the undergrowth and then it takes a little while, but then you start to get new sort of saplings and seeds uh, coming through. But when that happened, they they take time. Like people take a little while to get to know each other on their social media accounts or to meet up in an event or to do a small project together that then leads into trusting them to do a bigger project together or getting familiar with the way you know, obviously everyone's different different people's personalities right and it all kind of knits together over time but just seeing each other in the telegram groups and everything like that really builds community trust and harmony and i've noticed a huge surge in in that because once you have a functioning network it gets easier and easier for people to join at the edges because there's already lots of exciting stuff going and on right and when, when you come to my office, you'll see Bitcoin Cash stuff everywhere. And people will ask like, oh, why are you into it? And they usually are interested for some kind of price movement action, right? And I, I tell them, it's like, the, look, the only reason I even create these businesses or do these businesses is so more people in the community take me more serious when I talk about using Bitcoin Cash. It's the only reason why I'm an entrepreneur is so people will take me a little bit more seriously. <laughs> it's all a front. Work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've always liked the Adam Kokesh quote. Um, I said our, our our business's true mission is to peacefully dismantle the federal government through peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. That's what we're really doing here when you buy your refrigerator. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's the same. It's the same with the podcast, right? I've been amazed at how much more seriously people will take me shilling them all this stuff about Bitcoin Cash just as soon as they hear that I've got a podcast and it's got now more than a hundred episodes. Instantly, that's that's the most convincing argument you can make. Not explaining the economics, not explaining the white paper, not even explaining the price. Like that's all irrelevant compared to like just something that I have spent years of time working on, and that shows that I really care about it. And there must be a lot going on. Like, you know, and there might it's obvious. Like there must be enough to talk about that. There's a hundred hundred episodes of it, right? So that that I, I gotta say. I really admire that. And I'll leave you with this because, well, I want to get back to making a lot more higher quality uh, content and you guys do a tremendous job over here. 
um like i feel like i'm I'm saying like almost the same thing in my content i'm like freedom's a good thing you know but fiat currency is bad <laughs> like this is a solution like i'm trying to like say that like over and over again and uh so maybe i could use a little freshen up on uh but you guys are so on you know good with you know collaborating with interesting people i think that allows for a lot more content so i think i need to find some more fire i think that like well, maybe you know, need some more. Go back deaths. and listen to the other <laughs> videos. They're like, freedom's a good thing. Give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it can always be just uh, variations on a theme. You know, it's always the in service of the the same mission and and just being being consistent like that. I think so. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing. That's great to hear. All right. And our other guest today, Callisti, uh, with giving us an update on a Celine wallet, I guess, uh, as well, too. For people who don't know, uh, give yourself a quick little intro and then what have you been up to in the last year in the BCH scene? Hi. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me also. Uh, I'm Felicity. I, uh, I guess I'm primarily known as the lead dev for Celine wallet nowadays, but uh, I started out just shit posting on Twitter, so... Uh, <laughs> fun, fun times there on that their X platform, huh? Yeah, definitely. And uh, well, I was watching the episode that we did uh, last year. I think that was the first one you were on the Christmas episode last year. And then we also did the one about uh, Celine. And it was just amazing to hear how much things had changed. Because at that time, we had been working on Celine, it's sort of in the background, but it wasn't publicly announced, it wasn't known. And it was only in May, with the upgrade that we actually released it. So it really has only been you know, seven months, maybe a little bit longer that we've had Celine out in the out in the public. So give us the update. How's how's things looking on the Celine front? Yeah, I wanted to have like a surprise update ready today, which might still happen. I mean, it is still 630 a.m. here. Um, so I've got all day. Uh, there's just a little more polish that needs to go into it. And I'm going to get it out onto the open beta or test flight. So if you're on Android and you go into the Play Store, you go into the little menu on the Celine Wallet app page, and you can enroll in the open beta. We want to just make sure with the uh, new performance improvements and uh, all the bug fixes we've put in that we actually squash most of the stuff that users are concerned about and that nothing new has popped up. So I want to get that onto open beta before uh, we actually launch it out officially. But yeah, that'll be a solid base for us to get a whole bunch of new features out shortly after. And uh, we're really excited for what's in the pipeline right now. Yeah, so give us just give a few more details for people that don't know. Like, obviously, we we made the wallet in May, and it's just kind of like send and receive, right? And then we updated and tweaked it. We did quite a lot of work on the UI and made it a lot more intuitive. But we've actually had some great feedback from people saying, like, I onboarded my friend. They didn't know anything about crypto, et cetera, et cetera. But they uh, just scanned the QR code. They get it. It's slick and easy, and it just works it's obviously got zero conf you've got um, the ui the addresses automatically change so people are already doing best practices without knowing it but then the speed of releases which we were doing pretty frequently it slowed down to do this big uh rework which is again laying the foundation for you know we sort of had a like we were out of beta we were into mvp release and then now we're going to sort of kick it up a big amount in in 2024 but this new release is coming it's got a bunch of stuff that people have kind of been asking for right we've got the electrum server yeah. um 
fallbacks, the derivation path. The, could you just elaborate a bit more on what's all in this next release that's coming? Yeah, so the major stuff that users see is definitely going to be the, uh, you can choose your own Electrum server, you can add in your own new Electrum server. Uh, if there's a disconnection, it'll fall back to a different server. Um, we've got the import. We're using the, the M0 derivation path that Bitcoin.com uses. We're switching to the standard M M145. You have now a drop down to pick between those two. They're the most common. We're going to have a, an auto scan feature later on, but that's not in yet. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the wallet should feel faster in a lot of ways. And uh, I'm still trying to see if I can make this sync a little bit faster because it's still not quite as fast as Electron Cash, but we're handling larger wallets better now as well. Still not perfect, but it's definitely a lot better than what it was because we were crashing on like huge wallets before. Um, and then there are some experimental features. We have like a small transaction explorer. You can see, you know, where your, uh, your money is actually going when you send the transaction now. Uh, we have like a, a list for your addresses. Uh, when you tap on that sync indicator, it actually shows you the connection status now, all these kind of little polished things. Um, and then shortly after, we're just looking at a couple more UI tweaks and uh, uh, the big stats module that you've been working on, Jeremy. And that's going to be really killer because you can actually see all of our friends actually starting to push that adoption. I checked our Play Store metrics and our App Store metrics, and I estimate that we're nearing 1,000 users. We have somewhere between 600 and 1,000 users, depending on how many people are also downloading the Android APK. So that's also really exciting by itself. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the stats that you said that we're going to put in. So it's going to have a graph of how many people are using Celine daily. So I'm hoping that we can get a bit of community hype and excitement going because as everybody onboards their friends, you know, you'll be able to see that number like ticking up and you'll be able to directly influence yourself. So for 2024, what's the, what's on the kind of, uh, roadmap obviously we don't want to make any too big promises or spoil anything that will be coming next but uh, after this update what are the kind of things that are most requested or most likely to get to yeah there aren't really any secrets I mean, you can look at all on our GitLab. we have things roughly laid out in the order that we want to do them but uh cash tokens definitely just got bumped up on our priority list uh, i've been doing a lot of the research on what's going to be required to get in there and it's actually not that much so um I think Jeremy and I can uh, kind of bump heads on the UI for that and get some feedback from our users because our users love giving us feedback and, and I love our user feedback. So that's awesome. Um, but the actual backend stuff, I think uh, we can probably get that in. Uh, I want to say like two, three releases from now because I want to get uh, some of the UI stuff that we had originally planned in there first, but maybe we can do it all at once. I kind of want to move to like a monthly release cadence. I feel like that's a good pace. Um, once we have this foundation, it should give us enough time to thoroughly vet what we're doing and make sure that we're kind of deliberate about what features are coming next while still not slowing down to the extent that we slowed down here. Um, so that, that's also a priority for me as I want to just kind of get onto that cycle. But yeah, so cash tokens, uh, UI improvements, uh, like especially on the send screen, uh, we want to, uh, a lot of users are requesting, uh, being able to have like two different input fields for, uh, putting in BCH or fiat instead of having that swap button. I agree. It's, it's a little cumbersome to hit that swap button. So anything that we can do to, to make the UI even more slick and, and easy to use and, and fewer to do things, those are the kinds of improvements that we're looking to do. And uh, also, we want to beef up the transaction history screen a little bit. That's something that users are requesting quite a bit, uh, having the ability to export your transactions, uh, being able to maybe search through them or 
at least be able to page through them because it only shows you the last 100 transactions right now. Also, um, I have a address list and coin control feature almost flushed out. That's something that I actually wanted to get into the, the upcoming release, but it's not quite polished enough for me to really feel comfortable uh, presenting that to everyone. So what I might do is uh, add in like an experimental button in the, in the settings where you can use the beta features, I suppose, that aren't quite polished up yet. Uh, because, you know, if, if you opt into that, then maybe you won't be somewhere that is not polished. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I personally am keen for BCH Bull integration as well, too. That might be something I'll uh, try and sort of look into with uh, a lot of people have been asking about that. And especially now you can uh, get the, you know, the premiums and stuff. Like if we just have it so that you can just uh, lock your coins into USD, maybe show your denominator, your balance in different assets, and then people can essentially have their own multi um, <laughs> multi asset. Uh, you know, not hedge fund really, but like like almost like a stock broking account. You know, where you have your gold stocks and your silver and your BDC and your ETH and stuff, and you can just lock all your coins in there. Obviously, of course, uh, cheap and uh, instant and non custodial and all that would be sick. I think. And the other thing I really want to get onto is the uh, merchant maps. Uh, obviously, we did the Shadow Wizard session about that. And then because there's been all this work on the underlying uh, stuff, which will, again, pay off uh, once it all gets released. But something more in that direction I'm personally keen for and planning to be working on when I get a chance. So those are the, those are the things I think the people can be excited about for Selene in 2024. Now, as well as doing that, we've also been running some pretty strong recent Twitter spaces, right? That's come a bit more back on the menu, including, we'll get onto it in a second, but including the other day, a big epic 11-hour stream. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any, any commentary on, on how that's been going? Yeah, for sure. I want to go real quick back to Celine. Maps and uh, Shareable Link are also just two highly requested features. Shareable Link. Yeah. Um, yeah, no no definitive timeline on those, but very high priority to get those. Anyway, but yeah, so the Twitter space on Thursday was awesome. <laughs> it was it was really everything I could hope for in a Twitter space. Uh, it was really kind of an accident that it ran 11 hours. I started up at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, it was originally scheduled to end at 11.30 a.m., but uh, I just appointed some co-hosts. It was actually you and I think Black Swan Cash. Um, yeah, I just made you guys co-hosts and you guys kept it going for like the hour or so that I was AFK. I came back and people still wanted to go. So I was like, all right, sure. Well, I've got the time because the discussion is going really well. We had uh, uh, a lot of the friends that we've been making in the, the BTC Maxi camp decided to come through and it was a really civil debate. It was It was great. It was exactly what we needed as far as uh, kind of bridging the gap in, in ongoing discussion right now. And um, I'm just really happy to see it. So, I mean, shout out to everybody who came out to that space and shout out to uh, the BTC friends that we've been making. I think it's good to make those inroads. Absolutely. And you mentioned even that you was considering if there would be a way to somehow host it up as a 24-7 stream and just have it going. I mean, we would be... Like, I don't know if we're quite at the community size yet where we could sustain that. Like, it might get kind of boring. Like, these things have a bit of a life cycle if you t have only just a couple people in there or people are just rehashing the same topics over and over and over. It gets 
you know, really boring. So in in a certain sense, there's a reason that everybody just does a space for a couple of hours, hits a topic, and then wraps it up, you know. But I could see maybe some experimenting with a kind of 24-7 BCH community banter room. Any, you know, thoughts or plans on that? Yeah, I think we can, like, run a bot. Like, so I can run, like, a virtual machine on a server somewhere. And then just have a bot that acts as the Twitter API. We pay for Twitter Blue, so might as well get some use out of it. And uh, it can probably manage the space. Maybe we can do things like uh, send a couple sats to get speaker, or like whitelist certain people, or anything like that. <laughs> I think it could be interesting. I mean, the idea is basically, well, um, if that space is there and we know that it's BCH focused. And especially if we can get some kind of auto moderation features in there to make people co-host so it doesn't like stagnate out. Cause like you said, yeah, there is a life cycle to it. I think by the time, uh, like 1130 PM Eastern came around and, and like emergent reasons had to go and, uh, cause he's in like Japan and needs to get on with his day and, uh, you know, things like that. I think based on, I guess, who's who in the community and where they are and who's most likely to come up and actually say anything, it kind of dies off by like nighttime. Eastern. Uh, so yeah, I mean, maybe it won't be 24 seven, but I mean, if I think if it is bot based and, and it can automatically appoint co-hosts, then we might be cooking with something there. Um, that might be interesting. People can just come in whenever they want. And just, if anyone else is in there, they can just have a chat. And if not, then try again later. Yeah. It seems to be where a lot of the crypto discussion is going, obviously with all the the changes going on over there, but it was always a bit of a hub of crypto discussion, but especially now, that space seems to be the the common melting pot across uh, most of the communities and stuff. It, it really seems to be. And I also want to touch quickly on we've still been playing uh, Power Overwhelming on StarCraft on a fifth of gaming too. That's been uh, that's been kicking along every five days. We haven't built up all that much uh, traction on that yet. I think just because you and I are both so busy that we have, you know, it's been hard to actually break in and get people uh, constantly like coming coming back to that but that's that's been fun and it's still been working and the software and the team there david's doing a great job so i don't know if you wanted to give any quick uh quick thoughts on that absolutely shout outs to david first off for doing it because uh bch based tournaments is something that i really wanted to tackle for a long time just you know i'm one person so i can only develop so many things at the same time <laughs> um but yeah, no, I think it's really great that he's doing that. It's been really fun playing StarCraft. It's like the only game that I play nowadays. So it's it's very fun to be doing that. And I love esports and competitive gaming. So <laughs> I used to play competitive Smash, as, as I mentioned on a, a different podcast. And um, so it's nice to be back into tournaments with money on the line, even though, um, you know, we all get wrecked by uh, Trey Makers. Yeah, there's a couple. Well, yeah. There's a couple of guys that have found like again. We don't have like a huge group, but there's a couple of guys who who've come in and started playing. A couple of them are pretty good. Like, <laughs> so they're cleaning up. They're they're winning some uh, sats. But I think what it it really just needs is I know the team over there. They're working on, uh, you know, their uh, next update and so forth uh, themselves with like uh, team games and all kinds of stuff. But it what will what will really take it off is when there's somebody who is embedded in one of those games communities and really wants to make that their their project gets onto it and really goes hard on hyping the tournaments and so forth. Obviously, yeah, we're already super busy. But if there's anyone out there in the community 
who has a passion and love for gaming and can help out them in terms of running a guild for a game that they like or whatever that i could there's just so much potential there that's been getting a lot better so i really wanted to to mention that okay now we're just speaking of these twitter spaces uh we're gonna start today before we get into our price and uh rest of the show with a kind of the current state of affairs things have changed a lot in 2023 and i really wanted to give the listeners a sense of where the crypto discussion has kind of got to uh so we've got some clips here that was from a btc space with a lot of these guys who are into ctv that we had been talking to so the day after this 11 hour stream which was two days ago so yesterday they had this other space and we've got some very enlightening clips to share from it this is what's being spoken about about bch outside of the bch community right now jet let's the outsiders coming in we're we're selling people false narratives so i I can see why you feel like people have been wrong about it because i had to fucking delete the same shit too i'm like man they've been wrong about fucking everything they told me this thing is not perfect it's not digital gold. Lightning is not the ultimate scaling solution. Like all this shit's been bullshit. The trade-offs, the acceptable trade-offs for scaling Bitcoin, and they went the lo- the large block path, and and a lot of us did not agree with that. Like uh, some of us did not agree with the with the speed that they wanted to progress. We wanted to that, be more there cautious. There it is. But you know that what? Was the you point know I was making is the speed part, not the change part, or that. My my point was that bro, it's been years that CTV has yep. been out there. It's not it's not fast. CTV has literally been out there for years. I'm yep. not. And then Bcash, by the way, Bcash kept up the the old schedule, the press skills, press press segment uh, schedule. They they kept roughly up with their improvements uh, that they are doing. They kind of carried the the legacy of how Bitcoin was developed and and uh, and stuff uh, with. With that thing. The only thing I don't like about all that is that they still insist on on bloating the blockchain forever. And, and still in, want what? On, in five on years, schedule. right? If I, in five, well, they years, added an if we don't, if life. we're not able to implement stuff like CTV and we're not able to make upgrades to Bitcoin, then in five years we might have to turn and look work. at them and say yeah. like they're fucking right. They were correct. We should have just gone that path. Ossification is is not. Wait, wait, wait. wait. They're, their their chain is giant and it's just going to get huge, like get much bigger. Just like be it's not that big at all. It's not that big. Blocks no, no, because that's because nobody, nobody, right. nobody nobody's 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 doing anything phone. with it. But if if all but if all of this liquidity and activity that wants to be on Bitcoin well, but, but, right now, it's it's their, yes, their their chain will be giant. And then yeah, in five the, years, the thing is, right? but sadly, it boils. Hold on, Black Swan. It boils. Chadley, it boils down ultimately to what the block size war was about. Was what's more important: people being able to hold their own UTXOs or being able to run their own node? And people in the small right. block that run their own node. But if for whatever reason in the future using Bitcoin becomes impossible because like the fees get outrageous and or whatever the fuck happens, then people are just going to, then what, there's literally going to be a two tier money system where there's going to be B cashers, which are going to be like the average poor people transacting with each other because the fees are cheap and like the rich people using Bitcoin, which could happen. Like what's the point running your own node if everyone's using Bitcoin in a custodial layer two solution? Like what's the fucking point of that? You know, yeah, I, don't I, mean? need a, I don't. I don't need a note to find out whether fucking Wallet Satoshi has my stats or not. 
I mean, to an extent. Like, like, it gets, it gets to a point where, like, how many people are going to run nodes if they can't even interact with Bitcoin in a way where they can hold their own money? Like, it, it becomes it has, a self-defeating thing. It has thing. to be permissionless yeah. money at its heart. There's a balance. It can't be permissionless money. It's uh, not doing its intended purpose. You might as well just be pumping, you know, uh, a meme stock. That's what we're doing, though. I know. I I already got my train ticket, so I'm here for it. Like I said earlier, like, there's, you guys already have that system, that issue now, right? Like, Bitcoin is in the hands of a small number of people, and it's going to shrink even more. let's, Let's do nothing to fix it. All right, so there you can hear it. The B-caches were right. The Bitcoin cash is maybe going to win. The narratives are all cooking. And big shout out to all these guys uh, in this conversation. Moon Settler, Black Swan, Brian. These are the guys that we've been talking to. And this is not to dunk on them or point fingers or anything like that. Because this is just to show an example of a small section of the BDC community that has now really started to clue in they've started talking to us they've started listening to what we're saying and the realizations are kind of starting to hit home right the understanding that over the last five years bch didn't stop it didn't just go off and die like we've kept at it all the introspection upgrades obviously now we've got cash tokens we got Abla coming, and I've been seeing a lot about that. So, uh, so much more awareness of Abla than I did of cash tokens. Like BCH is really percolating in people's minds, and the uh, the urgency is starting to appear in their in their minds too. That look, we're just stagnating if we're not making moves and we're not upgrading. Then BCH is sooner or later just just going to crush us, and that's. That's the reality. But the problem they have now is they're in this small corner of their scene trying to make a change with CTV, which may or may not be good enough. But the rest of the, like now, if they go to the rest of the BDC community and say, guys, holy crap, you need to, like the Bcashes are coming. Like they, you know, uh, they they were right about a lot of stuff and we got to, you know, we got to take these guys seriously. They're just going to get dismissed as shitcoiners and told to piss off and, you know, uh, just struggle to to get anywhere. I mean, obviously, if we couldn't convince uh, those BDC laser eyes that uh, we were right, good luck to them doing that, right? But it just goes to show how far things have changed so much in 2023 in terms of the uh, public perception and the outlook of the bch in the broader crypto scene right what do you think about this guys yeah uh definitely the narrative took a a sharp turn um in this past year and i'll share um i was introduced to someone that's running bitcoin meetups out in tampa over the email and i was like oh that's cool you're into crypto you know just you know specifically like i'm you know i went the big blocker way and kind of explained the reasons why you know i I, you know i think lightning's been a a terrible solution. I like to use peer-to-peer cash. I do local onboarding in this area. And it was a new person to Bitcoin. And she's like, yeah, you know, I wasn't really around for all that. And I've kind of read the history. And, I, you know, I think maybe we weren't on the right side. And you're starting to hear a lot of those echoes continuing to happen as, as Bitcoin Cash has built a useful chain that works, that you don't have to wait for nine months for something to make it actually work. And 
I just, I'm so confused from like a social experiment, like how not only did like a large amount of people go into what will eventually be a silly direction. And then also like, I, I'm so like always amazed by the Bitcoin cash community. Like we've been through the grit and, um, and, and a super proud people that are on the front lines that fight every day to do what we do. And uh, also a little disheartened from people that were early Bitcoiners that don't fight the Bitcoin cash fight, you know, for a number of reasons, there's some of this defeatist mentality you'll see. And it's like, no, we're, 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 we're right. We're still doing the right thing. And, um, and there's also like the fraction of the Bitcoin cash movement where they're just early Bitcoiners that they knew the big block way was right. And they just made so much money and they're just not as hungry, you know, <laughs> like you kind of get a little fat and happy. Uh, and it's just, how do we, like, how did this happen? You know, still try to reflect on that. It's, it's kind of like whatever at this point. And then how are we going to continue to have these minds that you, you hear they're frustrated with a coin that you can't use. And they're like, oh shit, like they're trying to save themselves. They're trying to save face on this investment that they've made. And they don't have like the mental courage to say, okay, you know, I was wrong, you know, and like, holy shit, this was the real mission. This is how, because we have a similar end goal we're trying to get to. Just the way to get there is created this, this, this animosity. Like there's like pure, like, like, they're like, like, like obviously like the toxic maximalism, like they're the nastiest people you can deal with, but we have the same goals. It's like, how do we, you know, Khaleesi, you're mentioning you're on 11 hour conversation and trying to heal some of these wounds and, and show people like, Hey, no, we're not like evil scammers trying to create some fork and double spend money. Like all like these crazy claims out here. Like we just want to a usable currency out of the fiat system that has, you know, better traits than the current monetary system. So I, you know, you're seeing, it feels good this year that like, that, that like there's more of an awareness to holy shit, maybe this isn't the answer, but there still can't make that full turn. Like, oh my God, like, why don't I just quit what I'm doing here and like help these guys that have been through the shit, gone through a 99% depreciation versus their Bitcoins and they're still fucking fighting. Why are they doing this? Like, are they crazy? No, they actually really believe in a mission. And um, eventually they're starting to slowly be proven right. I mean, some of those guys in those spaces, I, uh, I've even gotten them to try Celine Wallet, and then all of them are saying, like, yeah, it's actually a pretty slick wallet. It's a slick experience. And I mean, we, we don't even have to talk about fees or confirmations in Celine Wallet. We can completely hide that from the user. It's not relevant to them. And that, I think that really just is testament to the experience. I mean, so the, the mainstream narrative in BTC world right now is, wow, the fees suck, don't they? Oh, well, you should just use Lightning Network. Well, just kidding. Lightning Network doesn't work because the fees suck. Ooh, what do we do? Uh, we got to scale. What do we do, guys? Um, I don't know. CTV is kind of a scaling thing, right? Uh, maybe, but we can't get CTV to run through because, uh, oh, wait, how come Blockstream is back? What? What's this liquid shit? That's BTC right now. Yeah, and I think I, the main thing as well for me is, like you said, Ryan, the word complacent. That's That's exactly what this is right in the bdc side they've been so um you know it's like this, the starving wolf is the hungriest right and i've even said that on this show like the bch community has been fighting through this huge downtrend and slowly other communities would start to realize like holy crap these guys are never going away like they would be in the fucking arctic you know with the with the wolves surviving on the bearish calories if they need to I'm just going to keep making it happen and at a certain point the people you're competing with 
realize that, right? Like, haha, your price is down, haha, your price is down. Year after year after year after year. Eventually, it's like these, these guys are never going to quit. And that uh, that has started to dawn on this small camp of the CTV part of things. But the problem is, yeah, like you say, Ryan, you know, really, they just need to get all the way kind of over that bridge and just say, holy shit, we got to join. Like these guys are winning. They already are understand. They now understand we're winning and they're behind the eight ball and they need to catch up. And that's creating also along with the high fee environment in BDC, that's creating some fresh urgency. Like we need to do something. We need to make some upgrades. We need to make some changes. But they're just in a small uh, pool of people who maybe agree with them. And then there's the much larger pool of the rest of the world and lots of the BDC community who are still complacent, who are just sitting there. We saw it just, literally just today, Hoddle and Nord and Jamison Lop have been on Twitter talking shit about the stupid big blockers that have gone away and they've been proven wrong over and over and over again. And it's just every day, BCH is just grinding hard to make it happen, just one person at a time, improving our wallets, improving our infrastructure, you know, getting shipping updates into the into the protocol. And if you if you stop running in a marathon, doesn't matter how far you ahead you think you are sooner or later the you know the world has just moved on and we're really well what's interesting is not i've held bitcoin throughout the years you know even past the fork because i always felt like my the risk to bitcoin cash or my bitcoin cash would be if like never that the fact that they would maybe really be correct even though i try to always challenge my own arguments was the fact that they would wake up and be like, okay, like Blockstream is obviously pushing some odd narrative. We need to we need to support our growing network with bigger blocks. And uh, it's it's just crazy that like the longer time is gone, the more it's like no, like they're they're never going to change the chain. <laughs> uh, they're never going to do anything to really innovate on it. Um, and again, it sounds like I don't know if you guys have ever felt that way with with your your Bitcoin versus Bitcoin Cash. It's like you know, I guess I hold some Bitcoin in case they you know, you know, realize that Bitcoin Cash is right and fix it, but it's like, they're so far gone. Is that even like a useful diver way to diversify? Like they seem like that's, I don't know, you guys have been interacting a lot with them. I'm curious your feedback. Do you ever think that they like a holy shit, Bitcoin Cash is right, we're gonna change a chain to that now? Or they're, this is, they've gone too far, or maybe they really don't want Bitcoin to be peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. Like, how do you feel like Bitcoin versus Bitcoin Cash if they were to become more like Bitcoin Cash. Well, that's what I think this small, again, this small group of these guys who are starting to be a bit more reasonable, who we're having discussion with and who are seeing the problems now, clearly, I think maybe they are getting a bit of that vibe, like, right. you know, maybe we should, and that's why they want to do the CTV and so forth. I mean, that's a separate topic, you know, whether that would or wouldn't sort of work, but they're getting into that mindset, but they essentially would have to win a block size war against the rest of their own community. <laughs> and like even just CTV is obviously not even on the BCH roadmap or it's not like they're copying our upgrades. They're just trying to sort of approximate them. Like CTV is kind of like the introspection stuff that we shipped in like whatever it was, 2021 or 2020. And so they're just kind of, but they're still already in, yeah, there's just the rest of the community the world inertia has already set in that it doesn't want to change and all the entrenched interest there, all the money. So they wouldn't need to win. Like the chance to win the block size war was when it happened. That was the whole point. That was the critical moment. And the big block is lost. And now we have BCH. So if you 
you realize that you get into that mindset bch is the is the hope you know there's not really any i don't see how they're going to win a block size war years after the all the big blockers have left against all the people who didn't want the big blockers you know it's just because i i think I, on our first episode we, we didn't back? i hope so <laughs> uh, on, on the first episode we did years ago uh jeremy i think we talked about this and <clears throat> your thesis is that no like everyone will just they're going to realize that they were wrong and picking btc there'll be a massive flood to bch and um i still i i i, I tend to agree with that i i, I think that's going to be the overall awakening um but i still think that it's, it's just odd that it's like it hasn't happened yet you know and i think it's just that that moment like what will be that moment you're starting to see the the uh the cracks you know yes. and they're starting to become more aware of their cracks i think you know as we get into predictions but i think you know, this year and definitely this bull market that we're about to enter will be a lot of sentiment of like, you'll see some maybe very popular public faces or maybe like a, a couple like actually come to Bitcoin Cash and like really fall on their sword and be like, you know, I, I came for peer-to-peer electronic cash. I was promised it. We tried some things. We weren't oh, completely wrong and why we were concerned about the things we were concerned about. Um, but now, given time, Bitcoin is not going to work with this kind of uh, core development team. Uh, Bitcoin Cash, like kudos to these guys. They, they fought through it all and they found some other amazing solutions. Like, I you know we're not, we're not any predictions yet, but like that's the way I, you can almost feel it coming that way, you know? That's right. I mean, it is a gradually then suddenly kind of thing. And just in that clip, you know, I think the the, the two amazing points is where moon seller is talking about he says in the last five years like they stayed the course and they've kept shipping upgrades so they've now uh, the, again these ctv guys not the bdc community as a whole but this segment of it have realized that we haven't just been sitting around we haven't just been uh you know off in our failed uh coin or whatever you know we've just kept shipping upgrades so they they're not it's not that it's like they're starting from parity they're actually five years behind and our pace is every year we get a year further ahead. You know, we just keep building forward. So if it takes them already a couple of years to try and ship this CTV and they're not really any necessarily any closer, well, they are somewhat uh, to getting there, then, you know, by the time they've done that, we've done the next thing, right? And then by the time, and then what, then they have to win a battle with um, that. And then they would need to figure out what was the next upgrade and the next upgrade, right? But the BCH community just already has that momentum so i think we are starting to see the cracks and really all they need to do like you say is have the realization like bdc is a lost cause and just join us on bch i don't know how long that's going to take or when or why but uh you know hopefully hopefully sooner sooner rather than later you guys are very very welcome uh obviously and i'm not saying that bch is perfect and as i'm sure you know uh you will be fixing some problems in terms of being uh, sabotaged by Blockstream and by all the entrenched interests and by the narrative that has just gone completely off the rails and by having the wrong uh, upgrades with SegWit and stuff. You fix all those problems by switching, but you will, of course, inherit new ones, which is you won't have to deal with them, but you will have to deal with us. <laughs> and you probably don't agree with us uh, completely either. Uh, and you know then once once you start fighting on the the bcash side suddenly uh 
you know, all this stuff about the price and the lower hash rate and the branding and stuff, which are real problems that we're doing our best to fix. But, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's a cup of tea over here uh, <laughs> either necessarily. But you're, but at the very least, once you're on Team PCH, you do actually have a working coin and an ecosystem that wants to improve, you know, that is positively minded and you're not just stuck in this endless gaslighting that Bitcoin is perfect and, you know, it will all work magically in the future like you got to get out of the gaslighting before you can make any any progress anyway all right so speaking of that uh we got to just quickly hit on the price uh last year bch on the christmas show was at rank number 27 it was 102 dollars 68 uh 102 yeah dollars 68 cents this year it is number 19 at USD $231.61. So huge increase on the USD ratio. Last year, one BTC bought 163.4 BCH. And this year, one BTC buys 188.2 BCH. So we have slipped a little bit on the ratio. It's been volatile. We've pumped up to under 100 to 1. Now we've fallen back a little bit. Uh, and so we are down slightly there. But you know, not really a catastrophic uh, loss, I'd say, anyway. And one ETH uh, last year bought 11.5 BCH. And this year, one ETH only buys 9.8 BCH. So BCH has actually gained against Ethereum uh, a little bit, not tons, but a little bit, uh, at the same time as losing a little bit of ground to BTC. So, Ryan, you're the most tradery of everyone here talk to us about the markets um yeah i, I you know this past year has been a, a it was a fun year to see bch move like that you know trying to dig into why it moved like that you know i talked to a lot of different people i i think probably like the the biggest thing you know a, a lot of price movements in crypto unfortunately isn't about the right things you know in terms of you know, we want to see it soaring in price because usage, adoption, and all that. Uh, I think what was going on, you know, pr primarily with Binance, uh, that they were they were selling. They, whenever they would get a coin like BCH, uh, but let's say BCH, they would automatically sell it to create liquidity for a coin that maybe was being hyped or like really in favor. So anytime you're buying uh, a Bitcoin Cash from a, a from a, a, an exchange like Binance. Um, and then I think when you just saw some reverse action happening, they had to cover, they had to go out and buy massive amounts of BCH, um, is, is overall the conversations that I've, I had with people. It's like, why are we pumping so much? I thought like the market was like bleeding against us. So I, I think that's actually pretty good that we bounced with that kind of correction. Cause we still have bullish things like cash tokens, which an ecosystem is building in, which will create more demand for coins. And we'll get to ride on, 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 on that new demand for coin as well. And so it's incredibly encouraging to see us back in the top 20. Uh, I still believe we're at least a top 10 coin. So uh, we, we have some more work to do to, to be what I see in the community and other communities that truly lack, you know, any real development or, you know, the kind of development we get at BCH. And, you know, you, we were talking about the BTC community. I think he said overall year to date, we're James, is it James Lop, right? Jameson Lop? Jameson Lop, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, we were down 9% and he decided to make some kind of shit post about <laughs> BTH. <laughs> 
Um, and he's uh, scared, yeah. man. He's running scared. Can you believe that? If if we're so gone and so irrelevant and so useless, why does he need to be making a big, uh, you know, post about it? Like that's that's crazy. You know, if we're so if we're so d- destroyed, it, it should speak for itself, right? Is he out there attacking any other coin? outside you know the top 10 or even in the top 10 no just us and bsv he made a post about bsv but they're down like 50 percent. so yeah they're they're in big trouble <laughs> uh but yeah not nine percent we're up against eth you know with you know typically you know btc should you know in terms of speculation in the market it should do really well against the market i would say for the next you know going into the halving and then after that like it'll it'll have the biggest effect of that uh I think BCH will get a nice bump with the two because just this, the daily selling pressure for miners will get alleviated, um, and that, you know that that will kind of lead you know where other coins may not have that same kind of economics. Like B- BTC should perform really well, then I think also just like crush it. But it's it's total market cap or dominance for BTC right now. I still think under sixty percent, which last cycle it was was eighty percent of the total market was BTC. So BTC is losing its market share through bear markets and bull markets. And uh, so that's still very, you know, alternative points had a huge opportunity and BCH falls in that community in that uh, opportunity. So where does, you know, I'm interested to see how far BTC will fall on dominance during the bull cycle. It, I think it fell into like the high 30s, it relatively goes in the 30% range. So I think BTC will probably do very well in the next year. And I think other coins, even though I think BCH will outperform it this year, but that's how I feel about the price. And we will probably get into predictions later on, but yeah i mean one thing i'm uh, fascinated by is previously the previous bull markets the euphoria has died because btc fees went so high that at a certain point reality has to kick in and everybody you know when the uh, price is changing fast a lot of people need to move a lot of coins either to buy or to sell right uh and then at a certain point the fees just get so high that so many people it's not even worth them dumping in more money right and the euphoria dies off now this time around it's going to be different because this time the btc fees are already high and we've already seen them at over 30 dollars uh average and even now well let's see what are they uh right now it has been it has died off a little bit but even now you know the chain is already very very crammed and so okay it's like five dollar fees at the moment but as soon as demand really starts to pick up with volatility fees just instantly go to the moon and uh, there's less uh, the big hope is kind of the ETFs and the institutional money coming in but maybe we don't even see BTC get past its previous all-time high like nobody is saying that but I'm almost kind of feel like there's maybe a 20 percent chance or something I want to flag this narrative ahead of time and be like I called it if it doesn't happen <laughs> again I'm not saying it's a guarantee but we've never seen a, a bull market start where BDC fees were already high and just going to the moon instantly. And I can see a combination of that with the fact that there's just so much more discussion and development in the broader crypto scene, like all the energy and interest in BDC outside of price hype and hopium has just died. So I, mean, I think it's, it's an interesting point because it was strictly rely on institutional at that point, because retail is not going to be yes. for those kind of fees. Exactly. Um, so the question is, yeah, if they get it or they don't, I would be, you know, I, you at least laid out that that would not be probable. I would be shocked if we went through a halving and did not see. And didn't didn't get up to seventy k. Didn't get past seventy k. If it, I I would be 
shocked, but um, just because of the, the supply and demand, the, the short-term economics, but you're right. The there. psychology as well. Everybody's expecting it, which is a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. But if you if you if you were correct, man, that would be, <laughs> yeah, be, be, be I mean, I think it would be over bull market. But I think yeah. you know, uh, BTC gets dethroned as the top coin, likely. I mean, if that if that happened, well, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess so. We'll see. I mean, ETH is in the same situation, right? They also uh, are going to have high fees the second that things start kicking off. But the kind of the difference is there is that they actually want that because it'll burn. Um, It'll, you know, burn away some of their coins. That's their economics. So we'll see whether that manages to gain traction. And I mean, obviously, people can always speculate on exchanges too, right? So they can always just put it into custodial Coinbase and pump the price that way. But at a certain point, there's still a, a tipping point where somebody somewhere is needing to make transactions and yeah. stops being able to afford it. Kalista, do you want to jump in on the market talk or we'll just move on? Well, I think... Uh, I did want to say something about uh, Ethereum real quick. I, I kind of get the impression that a lot of Ethereum value is actually moving back into Bitcoin via ordinals, and also Solana is the cool kid on the block now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big maybe ETH. It's uh, the floppening. I love it how the BTC getting the dunks in there on the ETH. There's triple halvening. We're gonna flip BTC once we've got proof of stake. Once we've got burning, etc. But uh, as as always, you know. Talk is cheap, right? And then, uh, so they're they're sliding against against BTC slowly. So unless they have a good uh, bull market, they might be in some trouble too. Also, uh, oh, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, the price action's been really great. And um, during that price pump from like ninety up to like three hundred something, I made like some nice money on BCH bulls. So that was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I just. Does everyone forget last bull market Solana went out like eight times? The change is like stopping, and then there was it's still like a, a top 10 coin and then getting pumped again. Like, I, I just I don't care, man. They don't care, but it's, it's I, I haven't looked working. into it. But it's like, like, call me crazy, call me crazy. I like chains that work. Like, it's like what's going on? <laughs> well, some huge percentage of their coins are locked in the VCs. I don't know what it is, but I do know that it's a lot. It's like might even be like 80, 90 plus percent. So the amount that retail is actually trading is very, very, very thin. Uh, so if people all pile in, then it can just go to the moon on the custodial exchanges. I haven't really looked into what exactly they have done to make so much gains against the Ethereum community, but it is quite ironic because it's the same way ETH went through that whole thing of, oh, all the ETH killers are here, haha. These guys are just fud. They're all going to die. But it's the same as the BDC people dismissing us. You know, you can say, ha ha, you guys are losers, blah, 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 and just like fud all you want. But as time goes on, if they just keep sticking away at it and you're not shipping solutions on your own chain, sooner or later, the competition starts to catch you up, right? I mean, and, and I'll leave it with this in terms of coins and rakings. The, the only coin that really, there's only a couple coins that really, I feel like are any real competition to Bitcoin Cash. And uh, it's a, uh, it, I, I mean, call me crazy. I think Dogecoin. And yeah, kind of, yeah. They've been going off, by the way. They're doing millions of transactions a day at the moment because they have some kind of Doge ordinals. And, and, then, and then, of course, Monero. But I first want to touch on Doge because uh, you had Roger on your show. And, and I had heard about that conversation that he had had with Elon. Um, and then you kind of heard Elon coming out later about a bigger block narrative for Doge and all that, too. So that's why I think it's real competition because... You know, in terms of, you know, I, I don't know the Quake development team and all that, but the general consensus is 
let's make this coin use uh, useful. Twitter's the biggest place for crypto. Elon likes to pump Doge and wants it to be big block. Uh, so it's the only real competitor. Uh, I, I see, you know, and I, I think those coins should be in the top five, you know, probably. But Yeah, yeah. The, the real top five, BCH, Doge, Monero, USDT, and <laughs> like Solana. That's it. There you go. The BCH podcast, top five, <laughs> the, right. the adjusted coin market cap. You know, we're going to have to put up a, a fake one, the real coin market cap <laughs> <laughs> with our own adjusted rankings. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when Elon put that fork in his profile picture? Yeah. Yes. I thought he was, I thought he was going to come out and, ma and make some bullish remarks towards BCH. And I, I didn't quite get that, but maybe it's ticking away in the back. It's there. It's there somewhere. He's waiting yeah. for the right moment to pump our bags. <laughs> That's right. He, he's got to make up for his Twitter losses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's uh, talk about my three big storylines uh, for the year. So just a quick recap on the 2022 Christmas show. The storylines were number one, crypto blows up with 3AC, Luna, Celsius, FTX, etc. Number two, BTC maximalism falling apart with Eric Wall and Nick Carter and so on, uh, starting to doubt their own narrative. And number three was BCH in St. Kitts. Obviously, we had the conference, there's P2P adoption there, etc. And the honorable mention last year was rise of BCH apps and things in the ecosystem starting to flourish. So uh, that's I went back and listened to in all of it but a part of that show very very interesting by the way i highly recommend anybody to look back there and now as a time capsule of just how different things are one year later but my first storyline i think of the top three stories in 2023 in crypto was ordinals it just had to be it was the biggest thing all year just changed everything came out in january the bsv community were then able to sort of pile into BGC, a lot of these ETH people and people that wanted to do more than just digital gold hodling all flooded in. There's a huge chaos in the BGC community about that, obviously with the entrenched parties, some of them uh, adapting to it, some of them not liking it. Big block of thinking and the whole shift towards BCH was right, uh, came about largely as a result of all this. You have Ocean Pool have now launched and things are kind of going to the wire on the, the mining <laughs> front, maybe to argue over this. No way was found to get rid of it or fork it or split it off. But the high fees that resulted also kind of collapsed the Lightning Network narrative and uh, both this, you know, various camps in BTC and the existing side all now want something different, right? The some of the laser eyes want to get rid of ordinals, but they kind of can't, uh, you know, because it's Lindy and you can't come to consensus to have an upgrade. And many of the other people, some of the people in the ordinals, they want to make a change. They want to raise the block size or they want to change the scripts or whatever. And then you have all the other camps that want to make their own updates as well too, leading everyone into a huge stalemate. But certainly across the board, ordinals, both in BDC and in the whole crypto thing, has just been the driving factor of 2023 and i think that's what the year will be primarily remembered for did you guys i've never even minted an ordinal like i never felt any need but what did what did you make of ordinals i i, I just kind of laugh that you know the btc uh, narrative is that 
you know, this is the what how does Michael Saylor describe it? The cyber goal, you know, all the cyber hornets. Cyber or digital uh, encrypted wall of energy that yeah. no one can disrupt, and then you have these guys creating goofy little pictures that fuck up the whole chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's that amazing. Yeah, <laughs> tell me more. Uh, that you know, and I think they even did so much to say it. It's like, hey, you know, we have you're saying all these things about you know how Bitcoin's so great, but yet a couple guys in the basement could just like totally destroy you know how the chain works. So is it that great money? Uh, but then again, they're they're just another group of guys that point out issues with no solutions. And, you know, it's, you know, we'll just stay on our track, you know, providing solutions and just wait for them to come o- come over. And eventually everyone will use, you know, Bitcoin Cash. But it's, uh, you know, I think it's going to be an episode of things that will continue. And it's truly silly to watch people like they're making mistakes. They have solutions, but they won't. You know, I don't. I, I don't get the psychology behind it. I don't know if it's just too much. Well, it's just uh, you know, sunk cost and cognitive dissonance. Like once people are bought into something, it's very hard to change their mind. And I was reading some psychological stuff about how groups never change their mind, basically, because if you have a group of people and that the group is based on some belief then you can't uh, change its mind because if somebody starts to get a new information, then they will get kicked out of the group, right? So the way things change over time is that individuals slowly filter out of one group and maybe join on to another group. But the actual group itself is in a self-reinforcing network effect and they all can't change their mind at the same time. But that's that's what this has created, right? That, that, that's a good point. I'll, I'll leave you with this, that um, you know, I, I, I got really into life extension for a while and even looked at like freezing myself and like wanting to live a good time a long time and and uh it is i forget who said it but it was they um i heard a good argument for dying is that like you know it actually helps civilization like you know actually it would be the obfuscation of society if people lived a long time because the fact is people don't change their mind they just die and that allows good ideas to move forward so so I thought that was really interesting. So maybe that's what we need. Like time will just play. die to save humanity. People, people will not change their mind. They'll just die. And you, then ideas can come forward. Have you guys watched Literally the plight of millennials right now? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys watched, uh, there's a, uh, any black mirror? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know all the black mirrors. Yeah. Okay. So that episode where it's like this, like VR Island where old people go is like this retirement home, I think yeah. would actually be amazing. But the condition has to, like, there has to be a way to leave, right? That's the, that's the big. You have to be able to pull the plug on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I would actually sign up for something like that, though. But it would, San, like. San Junipero, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Uh, and I wonder, <laughs> like, I was watching something last night about uh, just the trajectory of technology. And uh, essentially, like the the distinction between reality like what we think is real and the whole oh well maybe we're in a simulation and what if the trajectory is just that technology always gets to a certain point where we escape the current world to go to another one uh and so yeah i'm fine with accepting those things i just need a way to leave that other simulated world (laughs) (laughs) felicity ordinals what did you make of it? 
Ah, uh, man. I mean, Brian put it a little more <laughs> politely than I would have. I mean, <laughs> ordinals, uh, I mean, it's a mass delusion, in my opinion. It's all, it's all off-chain. The ordinals don't actually have any kind of cryptographic backing. There's not any actual utility there, or any utility that does exist does not exist on-chain. It's all based on off-chain indexers and whatnot, off-chain numbering systems. There's no such thing as a rare Satoshi. It's all UTXOs. Um, so, yeah, to me, it's it's a mass delusion. Um, uh I think the cash flow can disappear. Hopefully the market wakes up to that eventually. Um, it's really funny to watch the BTC people just run around with their hair on fire over this <laughs> because uh, it, it just really shows, like Ryan said, uh, more problems without solutions. That's that's the theme of BTC nowadays. Well, but I think as well, I really want to get in here, though, that the ordinals it changed things in BTC, but it also changed things in all of crypto, right? Like the ETH people were suddenly confronted with, okay, when now, at first they were like, ha ha, you know, we told you so, uh, NFTs are the best and token trading and you guys are just copying us. But in hindsight, now the joke is kind of on them because ETH is maybe partially down against BTC because BTC can now do what they can do, which is was unintentional. But at the same time, it's stolen their thunder a little bit because the market seems a bit more impressed with NFTs on the BTC chain than on the ETH chain, right? So yeah. it's changed things there. And it's also just changed things in the general crypto sphere with people who are interested in sort of data on chain, right? And the, there's undoubtedly huge, huge demand for that, that we've seen. Maybe that turns out to be a bit of a um, you know short-lived thing. Maybe that's just a fad. But on the other hand, maybe it isn't. And that's maybe like a lot of what crypto is now be becoming known for is this kind of data on chain storage of ordinals and so forth, rather than cryptocurrency, you know, the actual currency aspect or the currency aspect has been changed to be tradable for online digital goods that's on the blockchain economy. Well, see, because the the ordinals themselves, like I said, it's all off chain. So, like, unlike a cash token for something or something, like if I buy a BCH Guru NFT, like I actually have crypto proof that I own that I can actually use that crypto proof elsewhere. Um, ordinals, we can't do that. It's all off chain. Um, well, provided if you're running an index, and then you can have proof that you own this certain sat at your address, and it has been inscribed with the data that's being dumped in the witness area. It's right, not the same exactly. It doesn't really work because it doesn't scale. That's right. And I think that's where they've run into problems. And again, they are sort of reinventing the wheel in terms of they didn't learn from our mistakes or probably the mistakes of other ecosystems, not to mention that this was all accidental in the first place. So it makes sense that they didn't accidentally find the most optimized solution. But, well, all right. Look, just a quick question. I, I understand that they... They're they're doing this as like partly a joke, right? Like uh, on yes. it, like what are, <laughs> what are they hoping to accomplish? Well, I think there's, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, all the different people involved may or may not have their own things, but I I would say there's probably three major groups that I see involved. So the first is just the random online and on dgens right which is people from eth or people who were just like haha let me inscribe some shit coins or some tokens or you know uh, a picture of a funny thing 
like uh, just for the fun of it and just whatever. So you've got you've got that as- aspect, and that's the bulk of the people involved, right? They're just doing it uh, for the lols. Then you have the BSV kind of crew that found their way in there because suddenly they were back in the prime time of crypto and they have been the ones actually building the infrastructure. They've been building the wallets and the indexes and the markets and stuff like that because the BTC devs are the ones who hate this and they don't, they don't want that. So Man. you've, ne- and that's why they're now at a bit of loggerheads because the, the infrastructure is not controlled by the people who have the biggest social media accounts. <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind of at a, you know, at a jam there. And then the third one is the actual, Taproot wizards themselves, Eric and Udi and uh, whoever else, you know, they're in sort of involved with, which is they hyped this all up. But again, they they don't really, as far as I know, have great relationships or even any sort of control or leverage over the guys who are actually building a lot of this stuff. So they kind of did it just to be a bit chaotic and because they wanted to change the narrative in BDC away from this stagnant digital gold captured by Michael Saylor, et cetera. They wanted to bring back a bit of authentic, innovative Bitcoin culture. And in that way, they've succeeded, but it's kind of like at what cost? All they've done is just now create a huge community division over whether this is or isn't a good idea. And the more they uh, push on that uh, pathway, the more they'll get resistance from the ones who are like, no, take me back to the good old digital gold days. You know, I think on-chain data storage is kind of silly too, just because I think what people actually value is SHA-256. Like, oh yeah, we can prove that this data was was actually like exactly this data at this time because we can uh, put a hash of it on Bitcoin. That makes sense. Bitcoin is a timestamp server, section three of the white paper, right? Um Whereas the actual, like, if we want to have like immutable data, well, yeah, if, as long as you have that hash, you know that the data is valid, but why not host it on something like IPFS or BitTorrent? You know, it well, makes way more the, sense. The, the, but the market is speaking, right? The, I agree with you that that probably is the better solution, you know, according to some sort of rational framework. But apparently people just think it's funny or trollish or they have more confidence in the BDC blockchain to stay up than IPFS, putting it on the nodes of all of these uh you know laser eye runners and the people who love ordinals who are running it right it is it is the most reliable replicated storage in the world probably it's not built for that but it's it's what it's turned into just a a uh, so if like places like the pirate bay or kick-ass torrents or whatever get targeted for simply indexing these magnet links why isn't there an indexer that's just based on magnet links on a blockchain? Like we could put magnet links in the upper turn, right? So I don't know. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. I'm sure that isn't that what things like Filecoin and stuff like that is they are trying to do or like library. I well, I'd like trying to incentivize seeding. Or like yeah. BitTorrent, like because there's also a BitTorrent coin, which I think is actually a grift. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, like it just wouldn't. I, I, I'm surprised. Like the, the 3D printed gun people aren't like, yeah, the magnet link link is on the blockchain. So if you can't find it, well, look at any explorer. I, you could just host an onion service too, though, right? Yeah, but then you have to keep. <laughs> 
the service running, right? If it's on the blockchain, as the one. But operators can get pruned. Right. Okay. Let me think about this a bit. I feel like it'd be pretty simple, and you don't have to worry about as many scalability issues as something like uh, SLP. Oh, you know what? Okay, so I'm. I just thought of this with cash tokens. You can just mint NFTs and then the commitment in the NFT could probably be a URL. Uh, you only get 40 bytes, I think, there. If I recall off the top of my head, it might not be enough for, unless it's a really small URL, use a URL shortener. Just avoid adding the like tags in the magnet link. Yeah, magnet links are actually pretty big. I don't think that would work yeah. in, a, in an NFT commitment. Yeah, think it outside the box a little, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> could be fun. All right. Well, maybe that will be the new innovation. The next thing <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I am also surprised. I'm. I feel like somebody must be doing that. I just don't happen to know uh, who they are. You know, not heard about that project, but I'm sure that we're doing it anyway. I I would say pretty confident that 2023 will go down in crypto history as the year that ordinals became a thing and change the the game and the narrative around it. I'm pretty confident in that. So I think good pick for our number one storyline. Number two storyline in the BCH scene, of course, was cash tokens. So we were hyping it up uh, last year. It's going to be great. Uh, but of course, the community shipped in May. Upgrade went flawlessly as expected, but it's always good to note there wasn't any you know, last minute issues or something that came up that nobody expected. It all just rolled out really nicely. We've had some pretty good growth of the cash tokens scene. Obviously, a lot of people said like, okay, you did SLP, you did smart BCH, cash tokens is just the next thing like that. It's not going to catch on whatever, or it's just another, another round of the same thing. But we've We've got uh, Cashinize Wallet has been created by Matthew Hurkins. Great work on that. It's been integrated into Electron Cash and into uh, Paytaka as well. And I think maybe Zapit as well. So uh, we'll get it into Celine in the next year. So it's starting to, it's rolling out into wallets. We've had the NFT projects with BitCats, BCH Gurus and Cash Ninjas. TapSwap for trading. Cauldron Dex have been improving as well too, Cash Token Studio has just come out. So tons of tooling and infrastructure has really emerged around Cash Tokens. And I personally have been super impressed. Obviously we haven't seen a mega viral app or impact just yet, but the groundwork is is getting done and communities excited. And I think it's driving on-chain usage. So I would say, you know, 10 out of 10 for, well, maybe nine nine and a half out of ten like it's definitely lived up to all my expectations so far and i think it would be unfair to sort of penalize it too much for saying well it hasn't taken over the world just yet because these things take time but i've been super impressed by the community you know we've got the graphics like the community came up with a cool logo like everything around cash tokens just organically seems to be going in the right direction and i'm really excited for that to continue in 2024 what do you think of cash tokens? I, I'm super excited for cash tokens. I think that, oh, I remember, uh, I know we're going to talk about predictions later, but one of my predictions for this year was 50% chance that uh, cash tokens can be an explosion, or maybe it was my 90, I'm not sure. But uh, 
yeah, I mean, here's the proof right here. You've got Cash and I's, the big cats, the gurus, the ninjas. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of really great stuff. I love the cauldron decks. Um, I have uh, like a, a few gurus, so I put some liquidity up there uh, on that pool to try that out, and it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I, I think cash tokens. I mean, it's it's really our killer edge. It's it's our secret weapon. Really, it's the thing that is going to keep BCH alive because uh, peer to peer cash, great. Um, well, other chains can do that pretty well now, like our competitors that we mentioned earlier. Um, so you know, we got to have that edge, and I think cash tokens is it. Ryan, what are you yeah. making cash tokens? Yeah, o- overall, um, like I said, the, the smart BCH thing, uh, I want to touch on that first. It really did build like this ecosystem. Like it had its own, you know, rankings and uh, a lively community. And, uh, you know, we, we were all, I think a couple Christmases ago, made some very bullish predictions that went horribly wrong. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was always the bridge gap issue. Like, you know, it, you know when, you, when you're, you know, let's say like in, in, in business, you're always, we, we do what's called IDS sessions. We, uh, we find the issue, we discuss it and we solve it. And I think we really got to the issue was not doing it at the protocol layer, uh, any kind of EVM model. Um, it, it's just not going to work. You know, it, it, this is a trustless money system. This is a trustless ecosystem. So for the community to come through and do it on the upgrade, um, I think is huge. And it's it's just crazy that we are the only coin that really has a low fee, you know, uh, ecosystem to do this on right now, or at least you know maybe that's truly decentral in a truly truly decentralized manner. Solana is probably less expensive to Ethereum. That's why it's benefiting from it. But wait till that gets outages and you know, tra- wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe this afternoon. So it's yeah, truly, truly impressive to see. You know. Um, the, the, the fact that I don't know, I feel like we finally got it right. And um, it, it, like and you guys could speak from a more technical level on, on how we could be getting it wrong in some way, but uh, definitely doing it on the upgrade. And just further, I don't want to go too much further. We'll probably talk about the next upgrade in terms of the, uh, the in, in increase in the block size uh, with the adaptive um, upgrade. So, because if we get cloud in our chain and, and 32 megabytes isn't, isn't enough because of something like cash tokens, this is the next solution. So I feel like we're getting ahead of the next issue because it's going to bring in a robust ecosystem that I don't even think we're ready for. We've seen this in many bull markets. I think shit's going to get fucking crazy uh, with cash tokens and uh, I'm ready for it. Yeah, well, I don't have a, actually really a slide to talk about it, but just to touch on Abla as well too, that also seems to have been so far uh, obviously, it's not even in the chain yet, but relative to cash tokens, which was cash tokens got a lot of hype in the BCH scene, and Abla has also got a lot of hype in the BCH scene, but especially with branding it with the whole Jessica Abla thing, I have seen tons of discussion about that in the BCH scene and outside of it. Everybody, I keep seeing these little comments by people that are usually I would expect to have no idea what's going on in BCH. But they're talking about, oh, did you see the the B catches did this adaptive block size? And in fact, they don't even know that it hasn't shipped yet. You know, they they don't they think it's already in because they already heard about it or whatever. And it's just uh, like waste. Yeah, I think we're get, starting to get things right, Ryan. That's kind of exactly the sentiment I have. Obviously, with the SLP and Smart BCH, like the community made some missteps, but that's that's natural if you're going to be making forward progress you're going to fuck some things up along 
the way. And it's very easy to undervalue in hindsight just how many mistakes and issues it took to get to an actual good solution. So now we have a good solution for cash tokens. And the same with the block size uh, with Abla. Like we had, uh, you know, the block size war and then there was... Uh, even the BSV split part of that was over. Are we going to go to 32 megabytes? Or are we going to go to 128 megabytes? You know, and now it's like we've just got a knockout solution. It took tons of work. Uh, shout out to Bitcoin Cash Orders to spend over like two years of work on the algorithm itself and also explaining to everybody and debating it and tweaking the parameters and so forth, taking feedback. Like it's been just an amazing effort, and I'm really looking forward to it to ship in May and that that ongoing year after year just knockout well, solution. And Jeremy, the reason I I bring it up because I think it goes hand in hand because here's an amazing new innovate, innovation on the PCH chain, going to lead to more demand, and I think it's probably still this hangover of like years ago, no one would have ever thought that Bitcoin would not have increased its block size. So like I I do have this like slight fear of a static block size and something like cash tokens will bring in a, a huge robust ecosystem and not letting that go to waste uh with, with i think there's a nice progression uh getting ahead of it especially running into you know you know what what we feel like is likely to be a bull market in the next year or so you know after you know post having so uh, i think that'll bring a lot of energy the timing couldn't be any better for, for cash tokens and this next upgrade i, I think things are looking very good for bca training Absolutely. Callisti, Abla, are you a, you a Jessica believer? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I was actually, I think, one of the first people to put in my approval statement on the stakeholders document. I was really excited for it. I'm an infrastructure uh, provider for BCH. I run the, the cashnode.bch.ninja node uh, that serves literally every Selene user right now until the next update. Mm -hmm. um, and then plus probably some Electron users as well. So um, it's important to me that uh, BCH stays within the realm of affordability when it comes to uh, being able to host that node. That's also one of the major criticisms. Is, oh, nobody can afford to host a node. Well, uh, I, I can afford to host a node on like a hobby budget. Like even before I started making money in BCH, I was able to afford a node on a part-time job. So it's not actually expensive. Uh, 1.3 terabytes per year in storage if we were maxing out the blocks, which... Um, as far as I'm aware, if we had a 16 megabyte block cap, still the entire crypto ecosystem as it stands today would fit in that block size cap. Um, I think that's based on some research that BCH Autist did before uh, uh, coming up with the algorithm. Excuse me, sorry. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a believer. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stoked for this upgrade. It, it's I think it's the, after cash tokens, it's our next secret weapon, right? Because because we still need to be able to uh, put that social issue into the grave once and for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing also uh, on this topic of upgrades that maybe we can just get in a bit of speculation here is obviously the whole point of having this predictable schedule where people do things ahead of time. And like, so now, even though the upgrade is not in yet, everybody's kind of agreed it's kind of like a done deal you know, the software has already been implemented in BCH and that upgrade is out. I'm sure the other nodes are working on their compatibility and so forth. So now we're kind of at the point where that's that's sort of decided what's going to be the, the next thing. You know, we got to start thinking ahead to the sort of 2025 uh, or 2024 November lock-in and then the 2025 upgrade. Do you have any thoughts on what you guys would like to see next in the in the protocol 
I know I want to see uh, the targeted VM limits, the uh, updated math opcodes. Um, I know both of those things are just going to be another level for our smart contract capabilities, which are already very capable. I mean, we have the bigger ends, the introspection, and of course, cash tokens that that really beef up our uh, scripting. Uh, now, based on real world experience, our most experienced wizards are saying, okay, well, we can tweak these limits so that they're a little more efficient. And they're doing, of course, you know, the risk analysis on, okay, we don't want to open up limits too hard because, uh, you know, that can open up exploits such as how Taproot did. Taproot on BTC uh, loosened a lot of script limits that ended up leading to ordinals and other such degeneracy, right? So uh, we do want to be careful with those kind of upgrades. But things like the the math op codes, those are kind of no-brainers. Um, we can even look at other chains like Ethereum for for prior art there. And and uh, I mean, the crypto ecosystem builds on itself in that way. It's like you said, we learn from mistakes. And I think I've, I've heard somebody else say, um, let's also learn from the mistakes of other chains. So, uh, yeah. It's, Ryan, it's always better to learn from other people's mistakes than your own. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if this would be so much a, a, an upgrade thing, but it's something that I, I would like to see and in any of the, the, the wallet roadmaps is um, any kind of it, it could be cash fusion or any kind of fungible solutions uh, within wallets. I know Electron Cash on desktop, you can do some things. Um, I don't know wallet now. Shout out to them. It, I've heard it's uh, not the easiest thing to do from other developers, um, but any I think cash fusion within wallets. I don't know if, if that creates any kind of hazard or like, people feel some. You know, I know Monero has been very demonized for its fungible nature um but always you know would like to make fungibility an option wherever you can uh with uh with bitcoin cash yeah absolutely and i think that that is something that we do have on the selene roadmap but we didn't uh, interestingly we didn't mention it at the start of the show so i would guess it's probably going to be might that might be more like a 2025 type of project but we'll see how far we get on a lot of the other things but yeah you have electron cash and you have uh stack wallet as well for cash fusion so there are some options there but like you say it would be good to to roll it out and get that in it's gotta it's gotta be difficult because there's so many i mean you guys have built a very you guys built an amazing wallet and with so many ideas like how how to pick which one you know i'm always believing (laughs) small bites yeah small bites kind of thing uh don't overwhelm yourself with like you you could it'd be nice to have everything tomorrow right but how do you prioritize which one at a time um you know how do you come to that kind of consensus well, it's a good it's a good problem to have in the sense that I think all the things we want to do are all awesome and everybody will love it, right? So we kind of done. We don't even we don't need to get it exactly right because everyone's going to be thrilled either way, right? It's not like uh, we're at risk of screw, screwing up by picking the picking the wrong things because they're all good and we're going to get to them all all Sorry. in the end. So it's really not uh, really not a problem in that sense. But I do agree. I, I'm not so much like everything has to be a private transaction, but I think fungibility should be optional. And I'm not sure from a complexity code level, uh, you know, I'm not saying make every transaction dark on Bitcoin Cash. I actually think that would be uh, like bad for optics uh, too. Um, I think, it'd be, you know, but um, I, I, you, when you see the, uh, especially the, the darker markets, primarily using Monero, um, you know, I, I think that's, you know, I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm a believer that like the the, the pro, like very good money is going to be used in the dark markets, and VCA uh, should be used in the dark markets as well. Yeah, we want to we want to try and up our game a little bit there. Okay, that's that's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't expected that kind of take. For me, uh, I agree. Maybe the 
the VM limits can be tweaked a little bit. I'm not deep. I know that there's discussion about it. I don't know enough about the VM and so forth to really have a take. But I think if we've got good technical consensus that it would be a good idea, make things easier to update those without impacting the scalability overly. I think, yeah, great, let's let's do that. The one I'm sort of looking forward to get into the conversation is really UTXO commitments, because now that we've got Abla in for the larger blocks and we've got cash tokens to drive demand, the next thing is going to be better node pruning and also solving the problem with initial block download where you have to start at the block zero and get up to the current height, especially as you get bigger and bigger blocks and bigger and bigger UTXO sets as well. If we can have UTXO commitments so you can just bootstrap nodes at the current chain tip and then backfill or ignore the the rest of the chain as the case may be, that's going to be huge. And that's the kind of thing that takes a lot of work and it's very uh, specific about this trade-offs of different algorithms and different ways you can embed the commitments and so forth. And I've seen some discussions starting about that. And I think the community needs to have that sort of on their radar because to me, the two biggest things left that sort of BCH needs in the actual protocol level are that so that we can uh, scale up further and quantum resistance, which is mm. not an immediate roadmap like maybe 2024 or 2025 that's not so critical but i imagine by the time we're getting 2026 2027 what you know quantum is going to need to be something that we look look out for but there's a big uh, advantage on that front which is that the bdc chain have the exact same problem so there's always the possibility that they cook up some kind of solution uh, there too as well so that, that that's know. fascinating whenever i I got to say, it's probably the one thing that I can't get my head around enough to understanding, like if quantum computing does become a big thing, what does that mean for uh, blockchain technology? And um, yeah, I guess I got to have developers here. Um, what's your guys' feedback on uh, the, the risk of blockchains versus quantum computing? Well, I'm not a super expert on it, but it's not, it's firstly, it's not just going to wipe out all of crypto and like suddenly everyone's coins are all hackable. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, because firstly, the in, you know some of the encryption stuff. That's also the legacy banking system also <laughs> has this same problem, right? <laughs> that uh, they will be hacking into your databases and decrypting your HTTPS traffic or you know what have you as well too, right? So this problem is shared by a lot of people. So there's a lot of incentive to find a problem. But as far as I'm aware, some of the some of the bits of Bitcoin are already like quantum resistant or at least not super quantum vulnerable so it gets a bit finicky in the details of like like sha 256 like i don't think there's any threat to the mining infrastructure or anything like that as far as i'm aware but it's for the ecdsa signatures again i'm really stretching the limits of my knowledge here so uh somebody can correct me in the comments if they if they know more but uh, I think it's like the signatures and we might have to upgrade to some kind of different uh, signatures that would be... Well, we have used Shinore now, which I couldn't tell you the difference reaching outside of my knowledge also as well. But my P-Doom on uh, quantum destroying crypto is is like, I don't know, probably like 5%, to be honest. Because, uh, I mean, it's like you said, I'm pretty sure SHA-256 is not affected. And then I, I do think, like you said, ESDCA is affected, but we don't 
that that's uh, I think the ecosystem is transitioning to Schnorr signatures, which I don't know if they're affected or not. So that would, I guess that's also stretching the limits of my knowledge right there. That's I think they are. I, I know that Bitcoin Cash Audit made a uh, post where he'd made a um, a contract. He'd made a quantum resistant smart contract on BCH already today. So yeah. That contract will be fine. <laughs> Everything else. I mean, it, it. and the part of the problem is so that you've got the technological issue of fixing it. But I think I can see it might also create a bit of a social issue because there might be a question of like, you need to migrate into the quantum addresses. So maybe there would be community consensus that we just do like a snapshot at a certain time and then we suddenly migrate everyone's addresses or maybe it would be like if you've got co coins in cold storage you've got to go dig them out and move them into these other addresses because if you don't at by this certain time then somebody can just come in and take all the coins and that will be a bounty on somebody doing that and the especially the thing that would be controversial about that that would then be like satoshi's coins with uh, wow. uh, is the community just going to be like First person to develop a quantum computer just gets like 7% of the supply by stealing Satoshi's coins. Does Satoshi rock up to save his coins? I think that's unlikely, you know, almost zero chance, right? So then the community would be in the debate of do we want to, you know, freeze Satoshi's coins permanently somehow? Is that breaking the sort of fungibility of the chain? What about other lost coins or... You know, like it, it, uh, there's, there's debate to be had there, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's, I, I really agree with you on that, Jeremy, that I, I like to see this, you know, innovations built into the chain to start the conversation because, uh, tech's not going to slow down, you know, <laughs> we got to stay competitive and on the edge. Do you guys feel confident with quantum computers? Right. The last I looked into this was like the best that we can do now is, a prime factorization of 21, which ain't shit. <laughs> but these things are exponential, right? So, Well, yeah, but we've been working on quantum computers for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> we've, been lurking, we've been working on technology in general for a long time. We've been working on rockets for a long time. You know, we've been working on the internet for a long time. I mean, it's still going to... I mean, look, look, there is Hashcash and eGold and Liberty Reserve before Bitcoin. You know, Ethereum is new... So, I mean, technology, it's, it's going to accelerate, right? That's I think quantum computing has a lot of interesting use cases probably in, like, scientific discovery, especially, I think, in chemistry and, like, physics. That's probably where we're going to start seeing a lot of interesting stuff. Like, we can probably, like, synthesize genes or new molecules or discover new elements, like, kind of thing with quantum computers because it can simulate reality, right? I mean, this is, right. this is quantum physics. Well, okay, but hold on. This is where I get skeptical, right? Because the idea is... The quantum computer does the superposition stuff, but at the time that we observe it, that's when we get the answer that we're looking for. But can we, like, if observation messes with the quantum physics, how can a unsupervised computer, like, in my mind, a computer is always monitoring itself. So does that count as observation? Like, I just don't, I'm not convinced by quantum. That's interesting. It's a really interesting thought. All right. Well, we might have to do a separate episode where we get <laughs> quantum uh, quantum experts in here. Otherwise, we're just going to be... I, I did think of like one it. other chip that might be interesting uh, that Flowey just proposed is for increased yes. accuracy of uh, CH. 
some Satoshi's fractional stats, um, the way that he's proposing it uh, actually seems pretty sound. And I don't, the rationale for having it as a 2025 upgrade, literally 18 months away, um, uh, is that we, if, if you're changing between the transaction format, we'll, we'll have a new V3 transaction uh, or maybe like an opcode that switches between uh, how you interpret the SAT value. Um, and that would make it so that if you go from a new transaction that has fractional sats to an old transaction that doesn't, it's just a tiny little rounding error that's that's way less than a penny worth of value destroyed. Um, versus if we do this way later in the future, it might be a more expensive upgrade uh, where because wallets and, and other infrastructure need to be able to uh, interpret those values properly um, and, and craft those transactions properly, um, it makes more sense to do it earlier. To, to not have those fractional sats end up, uh, I guess, getting deleted, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good that's a good shout out as well too. One, I think it was like maybe uh, from what I saw, I think it was adding another four orders of magnitude or another three. Yeah, I think it's three three more zeros because it can still fit into the byte space that currently represents Satoshi value. Yeah, so it would be like a, a sat would instead be there would be one thousand subsats whatever the, yep. the name is going to be so same same number just increased accuracy we're not actually inflating anything we're not creating new supply it is literally just increased accuracy of the exact same numbers yes yes but that was obviously something that we, Precision. That we kind of want to get on for yeah planning ahead for being the global reserve currency and having <laughs> billions of people all use it at that point the price is going to be so high that uh you know the amount of sats is going to be Critical as well, I guess, probably also in the more medium term for fees, right? If uh, things already escalate in price a lot, then we might need uh, subsets for keeping fees low as well, too. So, yeah, okay, well, I guess plenty of things for the community to be thinking about their quantum computing, UTXO commitments, subsets, VM limits, and um, math privacy. Options privacy and uh yeah yeah okay all right well good uh I, i'm sure we'll talk more on the show about those different things but that's stuff for people to chew on and start start thinking about right third storyline for the year i think was cbdc's and inflation so we're now getting to the point that the mainstream is both aware of inflation we had that stage maybe last year or the year before but they're now concerned about it i'm increasingly finding people that just like inflation is out of control the cost of living that's just becoming a mainstream narrative that nobody can tamp down because everybody's being seriously affected i've got a meme here on the slide of the clown meme as the guy slowly puts on his clown costume and it goes from the inflation scare doesn't match reality inflation looks bad now but it's pretty much sticking to the script why the inflation we're seeing now is a good thing and then the last one is inflation is your fault so the, the media narratives have just slowly found ways to blame everybody for the inflation that is wrecking their standard of living cbdc's have not completely taken over or rolled out but they are becoming you know ever more uh, sort of present you know uh, not seeing mass rollouts of it just yet but it's really really getting close uh what do you make of this ryan yeah so the my bitcoin cash charity golf tournament uh cbdc's were kind of just they were like the theme i thought that would have a because again it's a mixed audience there's some like heavily passionate crypto people there's some casual crypto people and there's some people that have never really considered crypto 
And I was thinking like that would be like the tactic to be like, hey, you're about to have like, if you thought you had any kind of freedom, you're about to have zero freedom. Um, and I think a, a decent portion of the room got it. I, I'm still somewhat disappointed by, you know, how, you know, people don't value um, financial freedom in, in a real sense. And I, I don't think they'll value it until it's gone. And so I think we're, we sit in this room here and this virtual room is a minority and the people that are watching this show, you're, you're a minority. Um, you know, I, I hate when I go out there in the world and just get disappointed by like people like, no, this is like important. Um, and when it, you know, but it, it'll be too late for a lot of people, unfortunately. Uh, but we, you know, we're certainly doing our best to give people solutions outside of it. And then to touch on inflation, uh, I, I can share that. Like, I would say this is the first year, like, you know, like being a small business owner, like I've always tried to just pay myself the least amount of money. And like, I, I really haven't, I've actually, I've actually paid myself less money than I did like eight years ago. Like I just try to keep all the money in the business, hire more people, continue growing, growing, growing. It's kind of been my philosophy. Like this year, I'm like, holy shit, I really need to give myself a raise. Like my, my bills are too high. I get my credit card statements. Like, why is this? And I'm looking, are we like buying like things that we don't normally buy? And like, it's cause I don't do like all my own shopping and things like that. And, but now when I, when I pay the bills, I'm like, holy cow, like this is just, I don't look at the cost of things. I just look at the general statements and like, I have to pay myself more. And like, you know, I think in a sense, like probably the business is doing more, like my costs have gone up too to my customers. So like that should pass on, but I always, you know, to have to grow a business, especially a startup, you know, which a lot of businesses I operate are startups, you know, unless you're taking on debt, uh, you know, pouring in a bunch of money, or, you know, or reinvesting profits, the money only comes from three directions. So I've just reinvested for years. So I feel a little guilty having to pay myself more next year, but hey, you know, I, I like inflation has really affected me from a perspective that it hasn't throughout my career. Liz, are you getting wrecked by inflation, mate? Uh, yeah, me, all my friends and family. I've, I mean, I've been watching this since 2020. I don't know anybody who's not struggling, frankly. And it's like even like people who are like usually pretty good with money, people who have pretty good jobs, making a decent amount, especially childcare costs, I think are pretty ridiculous. It's like, what are most people supposed to do? Like if you work a job that pays you $20 an hour and then you got to pay your babysitter $20 an hour, like what are you going to do? <laughs> so yeah, I know food costs have been going way up every single time I go to the grocery store. Like I look at like the standard Campbell's chicken noodle soup right uh in like 2019 i remember those cans of soup being like i don't know like 39 cents a pop something like that and now they're like a dollar 39 like that's an insane percentage increase um i know that well ga actually gas prices have come down recently so that's kind of nice but they were soaring for a while um i do feel like uh there might be some credence to this whole soft landing idea maybe sort of i was a little skeptical this time last year that that might actually be a thing but uh maybe it'll pull it off maybe the u.s dollar as global reserve currency is just too strong especially look we've got countries that um the u.s has wrecked that are yeah. dollarizing uh, yeah. oh great we're gonna just absorb the resources nothing has ever changed everything is just more expensive now but there's more money in the economy, so it balances out or something. Yeah, but I think. As... Go ahead, Ryan. Khaleesi, I just want to share that that reminded me of something that you're tracking the Campbell soup cost. Um, 
that's probably a better indicator of inflation. And then Jeremy, I shared in previous episodes, I used to be a big fan of Peter Schiff in like the early 2000, 2010s, stuff like that. Um, and like there were, there's actually like a, a Big Mac inflation indicator and like they think it's better, a better indicator. Like McDonald's has not ruined their productive output of making a, uh, a Big Mac or I'm sure Campbell's is just as efficient at making a, a, a can of Campbell's soup, but it's actually like, that's a better indicator of what you get through the CBI, which is just like a, a, a made up number to share, you know, a government narrative. Right. And people are sort of waking up to that. And I think it, it really, one thing that crypto has done, I've said, well, is despite, uh, you know, a lot of failings and issues along the way to P2P cash, people do generally understand that crypto is an inflation opt out, right? Or at least it's an attempt at a solution. Maybe they might agree whether it's a good or a bad one, but they at least understand that that's one way people are trying to solve the problem. So as inflation is getting worse, I think it's just opening more minds to 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 crypto in that in that way. Okay, so let's get on to some uh, predictions. Then we have to do a quick review of how we did last year, and then get on to the next year. So I'm just going to read out. Last year we did a segment ninety fifty ten, where myself, Khaleesi, and Jet each made predictions at ninety percent accuracy, fifty percent accuracy, and ten percent accuracy. I don't know if we really have time to go through them all one by one. So I'm just going to read them all out and then we can have some general commentary. So uh, my predictions were 90% that the podcast audience doubles in size uh, from the audio feed about 700 a month to about 1400 per month. I will say we're at about a thousand per month now. So in terms of the audio feed, it didn't double, but I would say that the audience of the show has certainly doubled once you factor in how much it's grown on Twitter and on now we do the YouTube live streams and the Twitch and all of that. I'm very, very confident the show is more than double. So I think we certainly hit on that one. Uh, my 50% prediction was about legal tender in St. Uh, Kitts and that maybe John Carvalho rage quits BTC. That hasn't <laughs> happened, but he has made a lot. Well, the legal tender didn't uh, come about and uh, John Carvalho hasn't rage quit exactly. But <laughs> there's <laughs> holding out hope for that last that last week uh, Christmas present for all of us. Uh, but he did, you know, as uh, as Roger told us, he maybe has already admitted that uh, Roger was right. So I would say, you know, that's uh, that's kind of half a hit right there. And my ten percent prediction was BCH at one thousand dollars at some point during the year. Okay, we didn't get there, but we did get to three hundred and fifty. So. Not bad. Callisti's predictions, 90% explosion of BCH wallets and cash tokens app and also legal tender. So Callisti, what's your what's your review on that? Like you already mentioned it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we definitely have the explosion of apps and, and cash tokens apps. It's great. I mean, Celine included. Um, legal tender obviously didn't happen. Uh, I guess I fell for Bryson's uh, politics speak, despite knowing that he's a politician and that we should never trust politicians. It's easy to do, I suppose. I mean, he really seemed genuine, so that kind of sucks. I mean, it might it might still work out one way or another, you know, in the long arc of history. But yeah, I guess it was a little bit disappointing. Uh, your fifty percent prediction was a mass exodus of defectors and rage quits from BTC to BCH or otherwise, as well as imminent CBDC release. 
not too bad yeah. on this one, I gotta say, you know. Yeah, not too. I even think fifty percent, kind of like with your John Carvalho prediction. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like half a hit. I wouldn't call it exactly a mass exodus, but there's definitely lots of defection and rage quitting going on in BTC right now. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, imminent CBDC release. I don't know how imminent it is. I would actually still make that a fifty percent prediction for next year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and your ten percent was a flippening. Uh, obviously, that is the long shot uh, one, and we didn't even really get close to that. But when I listened to that uh, segment, it's funny because I did actually talk about a top twenty or a top fifteen runback type of move, which is exactly what we've seen. Uh, we peaked at number thirteen, I think. Or number 12. I think we hit twelve at one point. Yeah, maybe number twelve, and then and we we did flip in Litecoin. Yes. <laughs> so I'm I'm giving us good marks on that one as well, too. Like not not bad. Not bad. And it's really good. If you're 10%, it's really good. Uh Jet, uh your 90% was legal tender before March. <laughs> I I don't know about this one, mate. Are you gonna defend yourself or just uh, capitulate <laughs> i just capitulate i if, if definitely also feel like i still feel like bryson's genuine and i don't know if i'm just being gullible now uh and it, it like i think it's just the chaos of bureaucracy right uh so i i personally do want to give him a little slack but yeah i'll take the l on that Okay, fifty percent prediction was fifty percent of coins drop, fifty percent or more, fifty percent drop in overall marketplace. I'm still holding out on this one. I'm not. <laughs> I, well, this kind of this kind of did you know it kind of kind of got through, right? I'm sure yeah. if we looked at across the whole crypto markets, it wasn't like a huge bull run for everyone. And throughout the year, like different coins have definitely been wrecked. I'm just having a quick look at the ho- overall crypto market cap, like. Yeah, even in this year, oh, I guess no. It started pretty low. It started at eight hundred billion, and we've doubled to one point six trillion. But in there, there's been a good amount of chop. So I, you know, I think, I think you can get some sort of credit. Like this wasn't way off base for your fifty percent prediction. I think it's important to just pay attention to what happens to Binance over the next little while, because I was expecting them to get screwed over a couple months ago, not now. <laughs> Well, it already did have like CZ is bloody in an American jail or something, isn't he? Or under house arrest or something I in the States. So heard that he was like volunteering to go over there and pay this ridiculous fine, but I didn't but hear I anything he about did, jail right? time yet. I think he might actually be under house arrest right now. But maybe anyway, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe that was sort of on the cards. And then your ten percent prediction was a random candle to match. The BTC price, okay, we didn't get, that's this just another flipping type take and we didn't get close to that, but uh, there you have it. Okay, so uh, obviously we had a load of different uh, predictions there. This time around, I don't want to run back this segment because there's just be so many different takes and there's a lot to be uh, said for that. But I do want to have a general speculation of 2024 about the market or about the crypto scene uh ryan maybe you can kick us off what are we going to see in 2024 you're on mute 2024 is going to be a lot of fun to be in crypto uh yeah this will be what i'm expecting to be i'm going off of that the having obviously so um the 
is my third go around with it. I, I think it's going to be wild. I don't know if you want to, uh, my BCH price prediction by this year. I think yeah, yeah, get in there. What do you I think? think BCH yeah. over, I think it'll be over $2,000. Uh, Holy cow. So at least a 10X. I think we 10X this year. Um, with, with the having with cash tokens, with bull market, with the narrative. Uh, and I'm like, and that's like, I'm almost being like a little conservative. Um, so <laughs> I, I think no, it's I can already feel you might be regretting these words <laughs> next year, but I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 um, I, I think, uh, look, I mean, I don't know if it'll get there and stay there. I think we could go, we, we could go to three to 4,000. Um, and again, that, that can sound out there, but these bull markets, man, there's gonna be a lot of liquidity moving around narratives and i can't tell you what the social right now it just seems like people will be looking for another solution but you have a having so you're gonna immediately have bch selling you know go down substantially every day from the miners um and so demand just stays constant we're going to go up from that that bump and i'm expecting more demand be on top of that uh to, to occur so i think 2000 is uh that a peak or the, it's going to year-end price Year end, I mean peak. I, I feel comfortable two thousand. I think we peak somewhere north. We flash up to three, maybe four. Uh, I, I think we can chase our twenty seventeen kind of top. There's some debate on what we actually hit there, but for me, like I clearly saw the price, you know, just shy of four thousand, like thirty nine hundred. I think we can flirt with that a little bit for a very short time. Kind of settle. We'll go back to two thousand. It, it'll be the slow candle up, candle down. Uh, but I, I think we're next year. Uh, two thousand dollars. Felicity, thoughts twenty twenty four on the market or just the crypto scene in general? I'm going to follow up on what Ryan said about the price first. I think that the price can wick anywhere from a thousand to four thousand. I, I also believe in challenging the twenty seventeen high. Um, I think we've got emerald hands down here on the floor right now, <laughs> uh, where basically we all bought the bottom when everyone capitulated in twenty twenty two. So it, it's mostly just hardcore BCH believers that are still holding right now. And we're not going to sell because uh, we're going to have a, a locked in peer to peer economy. So uh, it's going to be minimal selling. And like you said, with the having, it'll be even less dumping from miners. Um, I think I'm pretty sure the coin is like really illiquid right now. I mean, just a little bit of volume can push that price up in pretty significant ways. So uh, I don't know. I, I definitely think that challenging that 2017 high around. Um, I think that's like what, around 1400 ish. I think closing the year in that thousand to 2000 range, like maybe around 1400 would make sense. And maybe wicking up to like three, four K, like he was saying uh, that seems plausible to me. Uh, and then as far as general predictions, um, I think BCH is just going to keep steamrolling. Like we're, we're in a really good position right now where I don't think we can call it steamrolling yet, but uh, we're turning on the ignition of the bulldozer right now. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I, I think that we're going to continue to see really awesome cash tokens development because there are so many great ideas that can happen on chain now. Um, I think we're going to see other crypto narratives collapsing, in particular BTC and ETH narratives. Um, I think we're going to maybe see kind of low-key the rise of Monero. Yeah. Um, I also kind of agree with what Ryan was saying earlier in the stream about Dogecoin actually being a legit competitor. Uh, in fact, I was making a joke about that yesterday on Joel's uh, stream. Whereas, like, yeah, Dogecoin, it's like, oh, I want to onboard somebody to like crypto. Like, somebody asks me who knows nothing about crypto. Oh, yeah. Like, should I buy any of this stuff? What should I do? And if it wasn't for like 
Celine and BCH, I would definitely just tell any given normie, just go fuck around with Dogecoin because like if you get burned on Dogecoin, one, you have nobody to blame but yourself because I'm already going to tell you straight up it's a meme. So don't invest your life savings into freaking Doge. But if you want to actually learn how crypto works in a really low stress, low commitment environment, Doge is perfect for that. And I think also among kids in particular, um, it'll be BCH and Doge. It probably nano, honestly, that'll, that'll be like meme enough and low fee enough that, uh, you know, the kids will catch on like um, my, my partner's kids. Uh, she's got like an 11 year old who is asking me about what I do for work. And um, so I was I was showing her Celine wallet and and she's heard of Bitcoin. Some of the kids talk about Bitcoin and stuff. So it's not like they're they're oblivious to this stuff. And basically, I just explain it to her like, oh, yeah, well, it's like cash app, but it's with money that the government doesn't control. And she's like, oh, that totally makes sense. So I think these kids are actually going to be like pretty keen on it as soon as we get some real use cases. I think uh, evolving an online economy is super important for crypto in general. Like we need cool online use cases like crypto arcades or like. I don't know. Ordinals that you were shitting on before. Well, yeah, but that's just JPEGs, right? So what if we could take the JPEG concept even further? I think two killer apps that will, or three killer apps, I guess, that I know will come about eventually is one, a crypto arcade. I know we've got Joystick Club already, but evolving on that concept. Two, uh, some kind of supply chain management solution that involves tokens using uh, and like insurance based on uh, like commitments that those tokens represent because smart contracts are effectively promises to pay and tokens are effectively promises that this contract did what it said it did. And then um what was that crypto arcade supply chain? And I always forget the last thing that I think of on the top of my head. So it'll come back in like 30 seconds. Hmm. But yeah, those are generally my predictions. Jet, what do you think? 2024, what are we gonna see? This I feel like this one's tough, man. I have no sweet clue. And <laughs> Yeah, honestly, we've been so much of a stable coin for the past little while, too, that I just want to be like, I think we'll probably stay sub a thousand um, unless we see like some of these other mass exodus kind of behaviors. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. There's too many variables. I don't want to I don't want to have to like my predictions would be based off of other like social circles that I'm not even paying attention to. So I don't know. I'll just. I'll wait. Okay. I'll sit on the uh, sidelines uh, for this one. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, my prediction is I think we're going to have a bull run, but I sort of want to say like it will underperform everybody's euphoric expectations. I already said about I feel like BDC and ETH fees being high going into a bull market. That's never been seen before. And I think that's really going to put a damper on the ability for everyone to get euphoric because how are they going to, like, crypto, everyone's getting rich. Like, that could be a powerful narrative, but I just can't see it's taking over the world with fees being the way they are. So, yeah, I want to say, like, we'll have a bull run, maybe slash probably BTC will get past the all-time high, but... Like, even 100K in BTC, to me, seems like a little bit of a stretch. Um, so I know, like, yeah, my prediction is we'll heavily underperform the bull run across crypto as a whole, which will massively shake up the narrative. 
in terms of people will start looking for coins that actually work and are useful because a lot of the speculative fervor and nature has just drained out of it. Everyone's been on that crypto ride. Everyone's heard about how making riches, everyone's been through ICOs and scams and knows not to just buy random pump and dumps. Of, co of course, a lot of people still will, but I don't see that uh, you know, dominating the story. So I think we're going to see an increase in crypto, but less than a big euphoric high with 10x pumps across the board and stuff like that. And the projects that will start to really come into the discussion are, yeah, BCH, Monero, Dogecoin, Litecoin, and one or two sort of EVM competitors, maybe Solana, maybe something else. And Caspa is up and coming, probably. Like, that seems like a new bull run narrative, Solana. But uh, I remember the other thing I was going to say uh, was a Ticketmaster killer, peer to peer event ticketing issued over with NFTs. Like, that's going to be huge for local event people just in general. If I want to host a party or a concert or something, I don't want to have to go through Ticketmaster because they're going to scalp the crap out of me. They're, their secondary market's going to be horrible. Like, you can do all of that on a crypto native peer to peer secondary market. And I, the event issuer, can issue those tickets directly just by minting some NFTs. Then you've got proof of attendance on top of that. You've all sorts of things that you can do with NFT infrastructure in general. So that's going to be a killer. This I like Ryan. So go on. Uh, the ticket thing. There was a company when I first got into crypto, uh, April 2016, there was a company that I was in contact with uh, that was building what you're talking about on Ethereum. Um, I don't think they're still around. I would also love to see this happen, but <laughs> I like we've got to get people onto crypto before we get them using crypto for event tickets. I think, which seems weird. Like I, I think it would make sense to be like, here's this use case. But if they're not convinced by the foundational technology, then well, why move from Ticketmaster? I think a cool thing about the ticket idea, though, is we don't actually need people on the peer-to-peer -peer cash use case in order for that to be a thing. I can still exchange fiat for an NFT ticket like in a peer-to-peer -peer fashion. So it's like, okay, you might have to download a special ticket wallet app, but the end user doesn't need to actually know that that's a crypto wallet app. Yeah, I think one thing as well to also call out is I like Ryan's prediction that there will be a couple of major sort of capitulations or converts to BCH from the BDC yeah. crowd. Maybe okay. not like big enough or enough of them to have a herd stampede, but a couple of serious people being willing to sort of fall on their sword and say, I'm switching to BCH. It's a one-way trip. I don't care if you all hate me because BCH is the future and that's undeniable. I can see that happening. Yeah. And uh Jeremy, I do, I do uh Jeremy, I do agree that um I think every bull market is becoming less robust. Um so if I could generally say like what I think the market will do, like the 2017 top, the total market cap was didn't even scrape 900 billion. Um, and then this last top, we ran up to three trillion. So that was over a three x of total market cap. You know, around five to six trillion. Uh, I don't think I yeah. you know, would be like overly, overly exposed to cryptocurrencies at, at that time. I think things feel pretty. So I do think it's less exponential. But yeah, I, and I do think it is a couple things. One, it's a bigger ship, and I do think that the fee narrative and the unusability. It's not like people can run and start using a lot of these speculations right when they get them. Uh, of course, you know, I feel like Bitcoin Cash is a good investment because you can do that. You can actually use it uh, rather than speculating on its future usage. Um, so I agree with the sentiment, but I, I still don't like in terms of allocating capital. 
uh, there's not too many more exciting places in the next year to than crypto. I think. I didn't give it a BCH price, but I think I think I think we can hit a thousand. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go two thousand. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would be surprised, and obviously very pleased if we hit 2000 everyone's going to be poor as well too because of inflation and so forth like people are not just going to have tons of spare cash to just gamble away in in cryptos so i think that's also going to well, impact I mean, things jet jet's holding out i mean if there were something very uh, cataclysmic to happen with binance that could certainly throw a, a you know better in there throw a rain but you know i do think i what i thought happened i thought they had to pay like 4 billion dollars and CZ had to go away, and then they could keep running their game. Was was the way I understood it, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I think yeah. that's what it was. I'm pretty sure they negotiated that four billion down to more like 1.3 with the house arrest thing, and then CZ can't operate or manage Binance anymore, but he can still whisper in people's ears there. Oh, we're just going to put a DOJ probe in there. That's it. Basically, it's just the U.S. owns Binance now. I'm pretty sure the Department of Justice is going to have it under control and not take the crypto economy. Bloody hell. All right. So, one th- yeah, I'm sorry. I just wanted to... Okay, Jeff does have... I think that's maybe why he's holding back a prediction. I still think it's going to be pretty fun, uh, but like it always is in crypto, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. It'll, crypto is always surprising, that's for sure. Okay, one thing I wanted to, uh, we are kind of running out of time here. Ryan, I know if you got to go, I want to give you a chance to get do a message to the community. But just quickly, I want to touch as well too to bring it full circle where we started with those CTV guys and the BCH uh, narrative and, and so forth starting to get in there. We had Moon Settler come out firing. It almost felt like 2024 was starting early. I, maybe you should have waited until the new year to pop this off. But he made a Twitter thread uh, saying, CTV activation client planned release time around January 10th, 2024. We're going to hashtag UASF this bitch. If anyone still doesn't know, that's BIP119 uh, op check template verify. If you don't like it, we welcome your opposition. Please cry harder and go fuck yourself. Small update. It appears that it is almost impossible that it is impossible for Bitcoiners to agree on anything, almost anything, even if they love all love CTV. So there might be more than one independent activation client with different activation parameters and maintainers. Very decentralized. Uh, orange heart, totally insane. Laughing emoji base. So the CTV crowd, the ones who are the, currently the most sympathetic to BCH, it seems are maybe going to make a run at uh, a, a fork into the BTC chain. Now, this is exactly what I mentioned on the show before, which I thought is worth highlighting. I said maybe the Taproot Wizards would go for this and that first you needed to do a client and then you needed to make a consensus change. And this seems like it's actually both. So it surprised me that the CTV ones are the, doing it rather than the Wizards. But it's the same thing. And what what are we going to see here? Are they going to pull off a CTV upgrade in the face of everyone who doesn't want to do it? Are they going to get split off into their own forked chain coin, which they have to rebrand and stuff? Are they going to give it a go and discover it's not as easy as they think uh, and then switch to BCH? What? What's going to happen here? <laughs> Does anybody have a hot take? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, I, I can't help but reflect on uh, 2017 to give up on BTC, Bitcoin. Like, it was not an easy thing. It was years 
of like, let's figure this out. Let's make this agreement. You know, all, all the, the the agreements that we're trying to get made and just never happening. You know, I, you know, how long will it take the CTV crowd to to realize that? And then once they do realize, hey, you know, um, it's it's not going to happen. What do they do? Do you, do you fork or do you find a new coin? And the consensus uh, in 2017 was obviously there was many altcoins that were created, uh, but like for to to mine for Bitcoin Cash to be created was no like the Bitcoin mission, the Bitcoin brand. That's, that's what we need to solve and fix. I don't know if saving the Bitcoin brand that it is now, what you're saving. So why, what are you forking at that point, right? Like Bitcoin, right? Like, I don't know why they would fork. So I think they would try to find an alternative coin would be my, but I could be wrong. I mean, there's maybe they think there's something to save in the branding. I don't know. You do, you don't see any chance that they somehow become the new top dogs they replace bitcoin core they get ctv activated a few people are salty but one way or another it gets done i mean oh, oh you know overthrow adam back and blockstream uh you know I, that's no nope. <laughs> I mean, he, he's so he's he, you know and, and getting sick like they're the big heads there i don't to turn their minds it's it's very oddly centralized um I think this seems like a minority crowd to me. What, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I, I used to be fearful that they would wake up at some point. I, I in in terms of diversifying, still holding some BTC, I, I feel less that way as time goes on. Felicity, what do you think? You've been you've been chatting to these guys a bunch. What's yeah? I mean, I think they've got uh, the right idea and what they have to do in order to make any progress. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work out very well for them. I'm not exactly sure how it's not going to work out for them. I just really don't feel like it will. I mean, uh, first off, I mean, I guess, how do you UASF uh, a, a new op code? I guess they're to old nodes, it will just be a no op or something. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works. I'm pretty sure I've heard even, even with SegWit, the SegWit software, you could still spin up legacy nodes. If a miner, it's all about the hash rate at the end of the day. If a miner is still running a legacy node and then just mines and anyone can spend transaction that's actually secretly a, a SegWit transaction on the canonical chain, then that causes a split as far as I understand. Um, so I see the potential for something similar to happen here. If you, if you uh, encumber a UTXO with a covenant, what does that look like to the legacy nodes from the perspective of CTV nodes? Um, well, I, I don't understand how it's going to work. just ignore it. I think the idea is and we would need to yeah get into the weeds on this because I'm also not exactly sure, but it feels to me like I think they can just put in their CTV change on their nodes, set an activation date, say it's going to go live at that point. That's what UASF was. That was the sort of game of chicken uh, back in the day, which did get the miners to capitulate, but... I think they can just do that if they had a huge, if they had a very small percentage of the nodes, like only 1% or something, it would be their nodes would just be crowded out. It would be hard for them to get propagated out around to everyone. But again, maybe because it's a soft fork, the old nodes would just uh, spread them, spread them everywhere anyway, and not kind of know the difference. I'm not exactly sure how that would, how that would work. And then I saw this part yeah. I, I also, I, okay, so I also just thought about, okay, let's say 90% of all of the pleb nodes activate CTV and none of the miners do. What that actually does is signal to the miners that they can activate it safely. It's kind of like our excessive block size parameter. Okay, so 
we are set to 32 megabytes, but minor soft cap at eight megabytes. However, they have the signal that they could mine up to 32 without chain splitting. So maybe it's something like that. I think that's the idea. The idea is that they want to, and also because it's a soft fork, like I think if people don't want it, like uh, whoever doesn't want it, presumably lots of the rest of the BDZ community who think this is just a scam attack or something stupid or whatever, I think they will need to make an update like preventing it. So the the kind of ball will also be in their court to make an anti-CTV uh, something. But uh, anyway, well, I guess Question. we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, since you guys have been following these guys, do they have a general, I mean, where's the conversation for just use lightning? They hate lightning. <laughs> we already heard it at the start. Lightning's bullshit. Like it's not going to work. Right? Like, that's like, why they think that's why they think they need it because they think right. that this will unlock these scaling solutions. It's the next boondoggle, you know, that instead of lightning being the fix to everything, CTV is going to be the fix to everything. That's why like, I, this is, I'm saying like, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I've been we've been hearing that for so many years, and it's finally like that now. Like we're done that's with done. it, right? We're we're done playing that game. Nine months is yes. not coming. Just use lightning. So but this Eight isn't going to yeah. fix lightning. Like this is done. Like, well, for these guys at least, for a lot of the other ones, they're still on that hype train, right? But okay. for these ones, it is. And I think, but the the problem is, and uh, you know, I'm sure talking to them, they would be reasonable. I'm sure they would say, well, we'll do CTV that will unlock a bunch of new scaling solutions and stuff, and then we would also, you know, further develop with whatever the next thing was, whether it was maybe a block size increase or whether it was, you know, CTV, they discovered that they needed some other op code or something, you know, they have a progressive development mindset. So I don't want to uh, straw man them. as just like it's CTV will be the new lightning network solution that gets shilled, but it doesn't work. But I, I just can't see it. I can't see them getting a, a CTV in, uh, but I do wish them the best uh, with this. I think it's a ballsy audacious, and very interesting move. So uh, I, I wish you the best of luck with that. And we'll be following this storyline as it develops, uh, certainly, because uh, a new crypto civil war, a new Bitcoin civil war kicking off. It's been a few years since there has been one. And the the wizards, that's the other thing. If they did that, would they then, are, they, are the wizards going to be on board with this or anti this? Because then there's a whole crowd of people that could, you know, maybe uh, clout to this or maybe fight against it if they were like, no, then your CTV is going to be fucking with our JPEGs or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. It, all just it, just seems, it seems like a massive dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah, shout out to everyone involved in that uh, effort because I'm fascinated to see what happens with it i don't like your odds but i'm glad that you're giving it a shot okay message to the community you all know the drill ryan starting with you what does the bch community need to hear wow um you know we're another year no fork that's good a <laughs> good job well we had uh, a fork but no split no uh critically we had a fork to cash tokens but no split yeah i mean yeah we, we no 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 community split um and you know despite like the uh you know the, the coin flex fallout and the smart pch fallout like there was reasons you know tensions did get high and you know you know arguments were had words were spoken that couldn't you know cannot be unspoken um, but 
I, I really feel like year after year, we're becoming more aligned and gaining more traction and innovating the chain further. So I just, I like, again, how I started by the, the, the active BCH community, like you guys deserve a four or $5,000, $10,000 coin for everything that, you know, we've been through and to stick to it and to, and even like the OGs that have been around that help fund these projects and, uh, and these flip starters and, all these things. Shout out to you guys. Um, you know, keep on fighting the good fight. You know, I said it in St. Kitts when I when I when I spoke, and I think it was Dan Bilzerian's father that was saying uh, that uh, you know, what about these big banks, these institutions that we're going after? Like they're going to come after us. And I just said, you know, I feel like this is a hill worth dying on. You know, that's why I'm still here today, and and um, I think that's why we're not going anywhere. You know, and the last thing I'll leave it with. I watched recently, and if you guys haven't watched, watch the. Um, the founding story of Airbnb. Uh, I don't know if, you, if you've seen that, but he, when he's trying to get Airbnb going as a business and he's got like no money and he's like living off of, he actually, during the 2008 presidential election, he would go to the dollar store and buy Cheerios and uh, he would put uh, Obama O's on them or Captain McCain's. <laughs> and he would sell them for like $40. And he goes to make this VC pitch to people to help continue funding Airbnb and get the business off the ground. And he goes through the whole explanation. And then after the, uh, the, after the speech, they saw that he's got like these uh, uh, Obama O's and, and uh, Captain McCain's like, what is this? He goes, Oh, this is how I pay my bills. Well, I'm trying to get Airbnb off the ground. And the, the venture capitalist goes to him, Oh, you're a cockroach. Uh, you, you'll, <laughs> you, survive, <laughs> you survive in any economic uh uh you know uh you know position uh he's like yeah, absolutely I'll, I'll invest in you and uh, and i feel like you know what we've been through in in terms of you know the the unfair uh, market spin uh we're cockroaches and we're not going anywhere and uh it's gonna be a very good year for bch so keep out of cockroaches my mom says her spirit animal is a cockroach <laughs> <laughs> so Felicity, message for the community message to the community for sure. My message to the community is keep on trucking, guys, because we're doing awesome. We're seriously doing great right now. Like, uh, I think 2023 could not have been a better year for us, all things considered. Um, we got our little price pump to kind of reflect on that. We have a lot of great new apps and features that have come out. The community uh, cohesion and, and general mood is, I think, at an all-time high right now. Like, things are great. So keep up that positivity. Keep up... Uh, you know, challenging narratives in a respectful way, keep making inroads with other people, keep uh, spreading BCH everywhere that you can. Whenever you go make a payment, ask if they'll accept Bitcoin Cash. Whenever you, you have a petty debt with your friend to settle, ask if they'll take BCH, you know, tip your Uber drivers, all this kind of stuff. It all helps. Every little bit helps. Um, eventually, we'll have the metrics in the Celine mod that will be coming really soon. And you'll be able to uh, see the number go up for yourself when you'll be able to see your adoption efforts firsthand with, with that feature. I think it'll be really cool. So yeah, just keep on pushing, guys. We're we're doing great. Jet, message to the community. Nope, he doesn't have a message. Okay. Mm-hmm. Screw you all. Go fuck yourself. That's Jet's message to the community. <laughs> okay. And uh my message to the community is in uh two two prongs. The first is a bit of practical advice, which is that we're going to see increasingly more discussion between the BDC and BCH side, as we've been seeing on these uh Twitter spaces and so forth. And the the key thing is to not cope about price, hash rate, or brand. 
If they say, yeah, but the price sucks and look at the market has spoken. If they say, but BDC has all the hash rate and it's easier to attack BCH, or they say, yeah, but you guys are the brand and nobody knows it. You just say, that's true. Yes, it is. That's an uphill battle that we have to fight and fix. But we're doing, you know, we're spreading adoption. We're building tech. Look at all the community cohesion we've got. We've got these apps, you know, we've got blah, 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 blah. And then you explain all that and say, eventually we'll this will pump the price we'll get the hash rate back and the brand advantage is constantly fading anyway because btc is now this hybrid digital gold that nobody can change with wizards taproot jpegs that has been mm -hmm. captured by institutions like it's completely lost the whole peer-to-peer -peer cash thing anyway so when you're explaining to somebody bitcoin cash it's peer-to-peer -peer cash like it's not really a big problem about explaining why it isn't bitcoin because they've already screwed their own branding right so uh yeah when you have those conversations you just the the key point that you will lose them or you'll get into an argument you will get to loggerheads and you'll look like an idiot and then don't yes don't don't cope about that and the uh and then it'll be fine uh as long as you just yeah uh just don't bother about that that's really a losing battle and then the second thing is just that every day counts you know uh like we we're talking about being cockroaches or being relentless and all the fud and all that stuff just time washes that away right but we have to put up proof of work that gets people's attention and that is just undeniable and for that it's not someone else on some other day at some other time the huge change in 2023 has come about from every single day the community waking up making a difference improving wallets improving apps you know posting online talking to people whatever it is so just just treat it that way every single day is a fresh opportunity to make just a little bit of progress and over time that's exponential and it adds up quick and we're seeing the results of that so yeah keep at it um, man hey, uh, so you don't have to sorry sorry you know at the beginning of the stream you were talking about how when you go on and you're talking about bch how the number one thing that makes people take you seriously is when you say you've done over 100 podcast episodes I can tell you that I've had the yeah. exact same experience when I tell people I work on Celine Wallet and I make this cool app and it's really great and you should try it. And they're like, wait, you, you built this? And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that goes back to what we were saying on the Sigma Prism podcast with with John Neary, um, Emergent Reasons. Uh, proof of work is a philosophy that applies to every single thing in life. Just like what Ryan was saying at the beginning of the stream as well. You know, with his businesses, he's an entrepreneur so that people will take him seriously. I'm an entrepreneur so that people will take me seriously. You're an entrepreneur so that people will take you seriously. And proof of work, nothing talks louder. Yeah. So if you're having trouble convincing people that BCH is the thing, start a project and make it fucking good <laughs> and be excited about it. And then suddenly all the other arguments and problems will just will just fall away. Okay, one thing I just want to also mention is last year on the show, we did a little segment about bring your BCH home, get your coins into self-custody. And that turned out to be brilliant because we had correctly advised that to the users <laughs> as all the exchanges had blown up and everything like that. So uh, just once again, not your keys, not your coins. It's the most fundamental thing in crypto. Give yourself a Christmas gift of peaceful sleep take a couple hours, set up your self-custody, put your coins in your control and not have to worry about any of the rug pulls and scams. That's the Christmas message from us. Okay, we've got a supporter appreciation. 
Thank you very much to our donators. Thank you to everyone in the chat. By the way, loads of people have been chatting. There's been some good comments too, but uh, we haven't had uh, Bitcoin Cash TV was predicting a complete collapse and BCH world reserve currency 90%. So we'll see how that <laughs> one plays out. Uh, thank you to our patrons, <laughs> Ricky and HP, and also Digital Seco or Checo is our new patron. Thank you for joining up there. Thank you to our sponsors, General Protocols. Check out BCH Bull dot com might be very relevant for you in the bull market thank you to our flip starter contributors majimali marcelo molecular shadow of harboring a turic emergent reasons imaginary username cheapy cheap lightning pat mini satoshi and sandakazman marius uh if this is your first time watching the show go to bitcoincashpodcast.com there's the start guide faqs links resources ways to get involved in the community tons of info on everything about bch also Listen to episode 85. Uh, it will catch you up on the background to what this is all about. And that's the single best thing you can do to get up to speed on what's going on in BCH. All right. Final shout outs. Ryan, where can people find more of you and what shout outs do you want to give? Uh, yeah. Uh, follow me on YouTube. Uh, I upload a, at least a video a couple times a month. Uh, Ryan Giffen's my name there. And, uh, also catch me at uh, at my restaurant Ravish Off Ocean. We do, and if you're in the South Florida area, come to a meetup. I'm gonna host one at the end of January. I'll have that released shortly after the new year. So come join me there. And uh, you got my Twitter handle somewhere. I, I, I'm not gonna, I don't even know it off the top of the head, but if you, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, I'm fairly active there. And also on Instagram, uh, rgiffin89, find me there. Felicity, shout outs. Uh, first off, try out Celine Wallet, Celine.cash, S-E-L-E-N-E.cash. Go download that wallet. It's sick. You're going to love it. If you're not already a user, uh, you know, shill it to everybody and get BCH uh, into everybody's hands if you can. Uh, follow me on Twitter at KZ Callisti, or uh, just in your browser, you could type in Callisti.cash. It'll, it'll uh, reroute you there. K-A-L-L-I-S-T-I.cash. Jet. Shout outs. Yeah. So um, two to the same person. Well, group of people. So first one to uh, General Protocols and BCH Bull for releasing the early settlement feature. That seems pretty sick. I haven't tried it out yet, but soon. Uh, and then uh, second also to them, they have invited me on to a Twitter space that I'll probably start in the next half hour to an hour. Um and just talk about content production and how people can make more stuff for BCH. So uh, if you're watching this live, uh, don't go too far. We'll be right back. Not on this channel, but you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Although maybe we can. I don't know if you want to restream it onto this somehow. That would be pretty cool. But uh, anyway, that might be too much. Well, we'll uh, see. And we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, that's it. And my shout out goes to the uh, CTV guys that we've been talking to. Uh, I'm very confident that one way or another you'll hear about and listen to this uh, podcast. We talked about it at the start and at the end. So take a listen, might be insightful or helpful to you in your battle. I love the work you're doing. And I'm just very glad that we can chat with you guys in an honest open way you know you have your project we have ours and nobody needs to get too upset about it we can both learn from each other and it's been really great to talk to everybody and have 
people be civil and open-minded and recognizing you know that there's trade-offs to everything there's no solutions only trade-offs so I'm looking oh, forward to seeing how you do in uh, 2024. And uh, of course, you're welcome anytime to come and chat or to be a part of the BCH community as well. I want to give a special shout out to Brian, Brian.Brain. Um, I've been chatting with him on Twitter spaces all year. He's really a major reason that I've even been able to get into these other BTC spaces with like Boone Settler and Chris, who's hosting his Saturday space right now that he was talking about. And uh, all these other guys, Derwees, um, HDX, you guys in particular, I wanted to shout out because you've been really awesome in, in accommodating uh, my presence on your guys' shows. I know that, you know, as a, as a filthy B-casher, it's, it's a little bit uncouth to be in these BTC spaces uh, shilling at you guys, but you guys have been really great. Thank you so much for opening that bridge and accommodating us and hearing us out and having a really great conversation. In particular, Brian, chatting with you all year has been great. You're such a rational, level-headed person, very neutral and an excellent space as moderator. So thank you very much. All right. Brilliant. I think that will pretty much do it for the show. Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy New Year. Of course, we'll be back in 2024 with a fresh year of destroying the banking system and freeing humanity from, you know, uh, global enslavement and uh, the resistance against CBDCs and uh, perpetual debasement of your currency. So you can look forward to that. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Merry Christmas, guys. Christmas